Hey, everybody. Welcome to the second Bald Move QA podcast. That's right. We've done one of these before in video form as a Kickstarter reward. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, uh, stretch goal, I think it was. Uh, we've answered a whole bunch of questions, probably some of these before, but you know, a lot of people didn't catch them the first time around, so we're not adverse to uh, averse to answering them again. And I will link the first video Q and A okay. process. I've got Chatner's disease somehow today. I will link. <laughs> I'll link that in the show notes, so you can, uh, if you if you're interested in more, go to baldmove.com find the entry for this it's going to be the tv feed Mm -hmm. and uh you should be able to click through to get to there if they're hearing this they probably know what feed it's in or they're at least on the page with the show notes making any assumptions (laughs) not making any assumptions no assumptions here at bald move uh let's get right into the questions because that's what we're here for uh just real quick um just wanted to thank everybody that uh, the reason we're doing this is we're ostensibly celebrating our five millionth download. Uh, That's that is true. A rather murky concept because it's our five millionth <laughs> download since we've switched to Libsyn, which we did about halfway through breaking good. So it's probably pretty much on the nose. Yeah. But- you know, and going forward, that's kind of the anniversary. But we we got five million. That's a pretty big. Mark. That's huge. That's insane. I don't even know how many fucking terabytes that would be. I probably could have done the math, and that might have been interesting. It's a hundred and eighteen two- billion. I did it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've pushed more data than Google. I can't. The first episode that we did, I couldn't imagine getting five hundred people. Sure. To listen to this thing. I think that was when we started Breaking Good because we were considering moving, stopping podcasting and moving on to other things. Because Jim and I have been trying to do various stuff together since we were kids. I mean, we've designed board games. We've done gone into business for, like, web programming. I mean, we were then yeah, yeah. podcasting, which we'll probably get into in some of the history questions we kind of got into as a lark. And, you know, we had a, a general interest style podcast shit i'm about to answer the question yeah yeah don't answer any questions yet but we're like yeah should we stop podcasting i'm like you know what you know maybe we should change our format <laughs> let's try tv we both like yeah breaking bad so we we started on that and we we're like if we get 500 people a week <laughs> listening uh-huh. we'll probably keep doing it a pie in our sky was a thousand mm-hmm. and now we got you know five million lifetime downloads two and a half years later oh, it's crazy and it's it's accelerating too i mean the yeah the million the million marks are rolling over the odometer fairly quickly. We might be doing this again in another three months. Who knows? Sure. But it's super exciting, and it's all due to you fine folks. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the one of the reasons it's accelerating is because we're doing this full-time now, and that's entirely due to the generosity of people remembering to use our Amazon.baldmove.com link. Oh, you're sneaking in some pamping right, yeah, up front, right up front, you bastard. But if you if for all the people to remember to do that and for everyone that's explicitly supported us in our Kickstarter campaigns or subable.com slash bald move, you are the reason we're able to do all this work. Um and I can't thank you enough. SLP, sneaky little pimp. <laughs> uh now Yeah, I, I completely agree. Uh it's it's mind blowing. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to give general feedback, I guess, for us, because a lot of people say, you know, what's what's a good address to get general feedback? TV at baldmove.com. Okay. Not bad. We're trying to get our website together, get a proper fact, proper contact stuff. But if you want to follow up with anything on here, ask us any questions, um, just, yeah, you can do uh, TV at baldmove.com or QA.baldmove.com, at baldmove.com. They all go to the same place. They all go to me and Jim directly, so... 
Yep. If you can find a working email address, the only time it's 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 the only time it's important to put it in the right categories if you actually want it read on a particular show because mm-hmm. that's we get so much now that I cast my giant net in my inbox by searching for that email address and that kind of grabs the lasso. So sure. Anyway, without further ado, our first question from Keith L. Do you two ever just get the urge to kiss each other on the mouth? No, never. Next question. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I've I've uh, attractive man Jim Jones, but I've never had the urge to kiss him. Yeah, Joe G at, at the five million mark, though you never <laughs> 10 know, million. right? T- Ten million. Okay. Well, like yesterday, we're, we were talking about um, drumming up advertisers because uh-huh. that's one of the legs we're trying to get for support. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jim and I suck at this. Like, Terrible. We are very bad at cold calling and making those connections, and which is why we're trying to get hooked up with, uh, you know, some places like Midroll or have Libsyn help us out. Um, but I, because he was talking about, you know, hey, we should just make it happen. We should do this. We do that. And I said, you know what, man? If you do this, I forget what I, I said. I give you, I'll give you a hundred bucks or whatever if you can make one of those sales. Uh-huh. I will kiss you on the mouth. <laughs> oh God, that is not an incentive. Ge- if you generate for- like a. <laughs> no, no, I will not kiss you on the mouth there if you generate. Uh, oh Jesus, I better get on that then. <laughs> <laughs> Joe G says, "Is the Princess Bride the best movie ever made?" Jim, it certainly isn't. The, 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 my history with the Princess Bride is weird. I've never seen the entire movie. How did you escape it? It's like you. It's because, especially with our friend group growing well, that's up, that's the thing. Yeah, so everybody I know growing up quoted this thing. Over and over, incessantly, constantly. Uh, and I just got so many quotes, I never felt the urge to go back and view it because I kn- I've heard the movie a hundred thousand times. Sure. I've just never seen it back to front, front to back. Do you? Th- and also, has it kicked in the infamous Jim Jones stiff neck? A little bit, yeah. I'm not going like, to lie, that's there. Like, once there's a threshold where there's enough pressure that maybe I should do something, you, you like, flip the tables on it. Like, fuck it, I'm never going to do it. Yeah, a little bit of a rebel. All right. Uh, Jamie T says, do you get any naked... Oh, did we get any naked? Did, did we get any <laughs> negative reactions from our family or friends when you decided to go full-time with this? Family and friends is an interesting question. Uh, we don't have a lot of that, yeah. for one. Um I occasionally speak to my father who, you know, is just generally concerned about my financial well-being. Sure. This is not a good financial move for me, certainly. Certainly. Uh, Neither one of us would argue this is a, <laughs> a, at least so far, has been a step forward in our in our and, financial careers. And for the foreseeable future. Yes. Uh, so it, it is a lifestyle benefit for me. Certainly. I certainly enjoy this more, uh, and I enjoy what it allows me to do with my life and, instead of working full-time and doing podcasts after hours, I can do the thing I enjoy during my day. Sure. Uh, so other than that, he's like my friends and family have never said anything or been anything less than supportive, honestly. So my dad uh, is not a Jehovah's Witness, which is why he still talks to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is uh, – he tends towards to be a worrier. I mean, I'm a worrier, but he's like 10 times worrier I am. So he's always scared shitless every time I do anything. Yeah. Uh, so, and yet you both ride motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. The risk analysis there might be a little bit broken. Although yeah. he did swear off it for like a year or two when I was, him and I were going out with my brother riding. My brother took a spill right before both of our eyes. Oh, and, uh, 
no he, fun. he almost uh, he almost gave it up then. I think he has gave it up now because he's sixty seven and uh, he's he's uh, just doesn't no, think he's got the balance. No, that's the time to strap on some leather, get a big old Harley. He was saying like I either need to get a trike <laughs> or a sidecar, and I just I you know, uh, I just rather yeah. give it up. So he's but uh, he was kind of worried. My sister just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. My sister's like me. We got we're both excommunicated from the church, so we're we're like uh, now cool with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I've been trying to get her on the Orange and the New Black. Okay. Uh, because she's she watches really, that. She's naturally a very funny person, and she's got really funny observations about women. I call her uh, – like, we, we usually spend uh, New Year's Eve together, and we get drunk, and we watch the New Year's Eve coverage. Uh-huh. And my sister's got this thing where she can, like, glance at someone for five seconds and, like, Sherlock Holmes break down – Everything about them. And it's probably all bullshit, but it sounds like when she's saying it, it sounds like she'll see Kesha or uh-huh. Jennifer Lopez and she'll say these things. I call her the whores whisperer because she's got this <laughs> innate ability Who? to break it down. And it's, I would love to get her on the podcast and just be like, V, go, Red, go, Piper, go. <laughs> that sounds like Jessa from Girls, honestly. Yeah. Like oh, with an ability to get into someone's head as well. Right. Yeah, I may maybe. Um so except for I hate Justin, I love my sister. <laughs> okay. But most of my, mo- I I can't, you know, most of my coworkers that I was abandoning when I did this, um and my friends were like, "Yeah, man, kick ass. You should, you know, what's the downsize? You blow your whole life savings and have to go back to work i mean <laughs> I, I i encourage everyone if, if you ever option. get to a situation where you think you can make something work you should try it because i would much rather live with failure than regrets absolutely uh i've yeah. had them both and i think failure is much because that's like something your mind it's like well i tried it and i failed whereas regrets is like man what if i what if i yeah so go for it if you think you can do it uh tara qc said, if you could have dinner with any two people, dead or alive, from the entertainment industry, who would you dine with and why? This is such a broad uh, question. Or I guess the question isn't broad, but the pool of potential answers is so broad uh, that I just went with the first couple that came to mind and would be interesting to me. And Jeff Gersman is one of those people because Jeff Gersman has done basically what we're trying to do. Uh, he had a little bit of a head start. He was over at GameSpot. If, if you don't know, Jeff Gersman is one of the co-founders of GiantBomb.com, mm-hmm. which is like a video game uh, review site, kind of. Uh, they do all stuff video games, basically. It's and, video game culture site. Yeah, and he uh, got fired from his job at GameSpot at the time. Sure. Uh, went in with his buddy Ryan and just said, look, we're going to make this thing. And they started with a fucking webcam pointed at Jeff's face, <laughs> talking into it for a couple hours. And now they've grown into having hired multiple people. Sure. They've got like a, a staff of a whole bunch. They sold their company to GameSpot, back to GameSpot, yeah. which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, so I would love to sit down with him and just, you know, kind of absorb that journey from him. And then also... Bill Murray, because he's my favorite comedian, and I think even if that dinner is super fucking awkward, it would still be fun and funny. Might even be more funny and awkward. That's if what I'm thinking. Just, yeah, like really hates you or is uncomfortable because that's kind of his persona in his movies as how, well. Yeah, it's like if you were having dinner, how would you tell if he genuinely enjoyed your company <laughs> versus him being annoyed and shining you on? Because that's yeah, kind yeah. of either way. It's what he does. So I would enjoy the dinner. Yeah. Uh. 
I, this was tough for me to answer because, in general, I don't really care about people in the entertainment industry beyond uh-huh. what they put on screen. Like, that's one of the reasons that we don't traditionally go for interviews. We've done a few of the technical people that I am kind of interested in knowing, like, how they do the things they do. And obviously, I would love to get, like, some of the bigger showrunners and talk to them about the craft and stuff like that. But I, I just don't care. I mean,. You know, I don't know that their lives are any more interesting than any of ours. If I had to, yeah. I'd probably go with like some older British actors because they just seem like they're hilarious and they have like actor stories, like times where they got coked up on on Broadway or in London and uh-huh. you know, Peter like like I would go with like Peter O'Toole and Michael Caine or Patrick Stewart wow. and Ian McKellen. And okay. Just just duo, get them yeah. drunk and tell them have me have them tell me a bunch of crazy ass old school theater stories because that would be entertaining. I don't think I'd learn yeah. much, but it would be, it'd, sure. it'd be a laugh a minute. Yeah. All right. Next question. Tracy B. What do you look for in a show when you decide to add it to your podcast coverage? Hmm. Uh, I don't know about everyone here, but what I'm looking for first and foremost is a good show. Uh-huh. Right. Can't, can't be a terrible show. Right. Has to at least show some potential. Uh, it has to be a good fit in our schedule at this point because mm-hmm. we've got a lot of stuff that we're doing um and we have to plan out a lot of that stuff in advance uh and then it needs to have an engaged community if there's not a bunch of people who and that doesn't just mean numbers right i mean it's also got to mean people who like talking about the show and are going to contribute in an interesting way to uh my enjoyment of the show and the feedback section for everyone i think those th- three things combined make up a good podcast I think you nailed it. If am I personally interested in it? Do I think it's going to be good, or do I know it's good? Does it have you know people watching it? Because it does very little good to cover something. When and that's the thing, it's increasingly hard to find shows that nobody's watching that are still good. Most of the show, there's yeah, some people yeah. that like it might be a cult or a niche thing, but it's very rare that a terrible show gets tons of watch outside of like reality television. Yeah, and then. Yeah, because it's an engaged community, and sometimes we've actually – that's been the decider about whether something gets a full cast or TV cast. We're like, okay, let's look at its Reddit group. Mm-hmm. Let's look at uh, you know, Alan Supperwall's forum posts and how many likes and comments they get. And that – you know, if, if it's, it's – we'll never cover something that we don't like or we don't think is good, but we might cover one thing over the other if it's kind of a toss-up, and that's the defi- deciding factor. Sure. You know, so – and it's funny because there's a, some of the shows that we've got accused of like chasing traffic on mm-hmm. have been our lower rated ones. So it's like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's like it's, the two to come to mind is like Twenty Four and Justified, and they're literally our least popular shows. Yet those are the ones we get accused for chasing traffic on. <laughs> sure, no, it, it's you know we have fun doing those shows. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think that's it for that. Rosie G wants to know, why are you called Bald Move? Oh, boy. I know we've answered this in places. We used to have an FAQ. I, hope we keep, I keep our story straight. Up on the site. I mean, the story is, it goes it goes back to when we were playing games. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we'd, we'd be playing a game and somebody would make a move that seemed crazy. Uh, or, or was crazy. Or was daring in some way. And... Uh, being Star Trek fans and Picard's in the mix, and we'd say, oh, that's a bald move, Picard, you know, as in a bold move. And that phrase just kind of stuck. It's the one that stuck in, because we had a lot of those like that. Like, we, a lot of times, we'd, yeah. uh, 
you know, we would uh, a lot of times we'd trot out the X is your weakness, and then your faith is your friend, and yours would be something we'd go. Uh-huh. That would be something that would say five or six times in a session of Axis Allies or Risk. But the yeah, bald yeah. move survived into adulthood, and when we got back into playing Magic, the Gathering, yeah. which is kind of like mm-hmm. when this is it kind of the in that era was kind of the nexus of when this started going. It became it got a lot of play on yeah. the table. So when we were thinking of Network names. It was between that and the the TSP network. Uh, wasn't Full Riker in the mix as Full well? Full Riker over my beard was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, I used to still own the Full Riker name. Yeah, when, case... whenever a, a glorious beard is presented, <laughs> you call it you call it a Full Riker. It's the Full Riker. Yeah, you don't ever go the half Riker, but yeah, TSP, which is named after uh, the concept of triple spot penetration. <laughs> Which came after the Abrams time traveling Spock, and like if you could get <laughs> how old, many Spocks could you get on one? If you screen? could get classic Spock, old Spock, and new Spock together, and they decided to do a lemon party thing. There you go, TSP. <laughs> but we have this like all this like meta jokes on our listeners. Like we're we we and we this is before we, anyone listens to us. I'm like oh man, what if we got big and people asked us how'd you get TSP and we could come up yeah. with outrageous lies? Like oh well, it's a teaspoon. Uh-huh. Because we're all we like cooking, and we could do all these different <laughs> alternate explanations, and we would just trot out, and it'd be this mysterious uh-huh. thing. Because and we just giggle, yeah. That's no one what, would ever know. Yeah, we we plan elaborate mental fuckings of you people that we never execute. It's yeah, just yeah. for our private. I mean, like we just think of like, wouldn't it be funny? It if would be on, glorious. Like the only thing that stops us from really fucking people on April first is because it's so passe now. Sure. Like if we were if, if if we were this popular ten years ago, God help us all. They're the shit we would get up to. <laughs> so uh you're welcome. <laughs> for, <laughs> for, for not doing, for not that. doing all that stuff. Uh, Nick Burns, the history of Jim and Aaron. Like to know Jim's bio and Aaron's bio. Oh boy, I don't know how in depth you want to get here, but I'm going uh, with the highlights. Okay. When I was a kid, I was a huge gamer. Started mm-hmm. gaming when I was like four. Got a Nintendo and uh, never looked back. Been a gamer since. I uh, got into programming as a teen, like web languages mostly. Um, dabbled in podcasting in 2006, and then I've been kind of weaning myself off of programming ever since then. Yeah, I have a similar history. My dad got us an Atari 2600 when I was five, and I played like combat uh, with him endlessly. Hmm. And uh, then um, th- my dad like fostered this, but then he just wanted to disown it because he's like, you're playing too much video games for the rest of the mm. So from here on out, I had to mow lawns. I used to mow lawns for all the neighbors. Sure, and, I did that too. Yeah, What it, kid doesn't mow lawns? Or earn money to buy my first Nintendo, then earn money to buy my first computer. Um, I remember in first grade clearly sitting down in front of old Trash 80, a TRS-80, hmm. and doing the logo programming and just thinking how cool it was that this machine did what I told it to do. Yeah, yeah. And I was into programming. I was like, you know, I and it, it back in the day when you had Infocom games, those are the big rage. Was just text sure. games. Those are super easy to program and basic. Yeah. So I'd make tons of those <laughs> games, and if there was like a five and a quarter drive available, I probably still have some. I was gonna say, uh, do you still have any of those? Yeah, if we could find you a TRS eighty or uh, a Commodore, just make 64. modern versions. How long would it take to make a modern version? It'd be so easy. We totally could make text adventure web, games. Web games. Uh, sure. Just get in Twine. Do your choose-your-own-adventure type games. But I, I started with QBasic as well in a programming class I took when I was in Mount Pleasant, Iowa, when I was like 13 or something. Right. Yeah. 
So we did that. So and and I same as Jim got into a career doing mixed of traditional development and web development, and was doing that up until late this spring, and uh, moved to full time podcaster. So we do a lot of in house projects, like all the web development on Bald Move and all that stuff is done mostly by Jim. Um, but like and and the kind of the the adminning, the physical side is is kind of falls on my shoulders because I have more experience doing that. So mm-hmm. we kind of, but we're we do everything but our own taxes. Yeah, I mean every email that goes out, every <laughs> everything that's purchased when we're making you know rewards fulfillment, everything is done by us two guys. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that right. is is time consuming. Right, uh, but it has to be done. And we're, I think that's the next thing is like, cause we've got some like next level ideas for web stuff, but we're like, I, we don't have the time for it. And maybe if we can continue to focus on the content and getting our processes down that we can maybe generate enough revenue to offload that. Because I'm sure if you guys would, we could vote, would you rather spend 200 hours on some kind of shopping cart thing or new, new podcast experience technical level or mm. do podcast or video cast or whatever most people would say we'd rather see the actual product so i think so yeah. we're kind of like made a strategic move to get away from that in-house stuff and just kind of go with what we got i think yeah for the most part um dennis k i can think i use his last name i he's think so big, he's, he's on dennis personal Kleinbeck. arrogance yeah, he's, he's all the time rocking it uh what are the most important novels in your lives Whoa. Uh, I don't know if this counts as a novel. Uh, what do you consider a novel? Can it be nonfiction? No. No. Shit. That's like one of the diff- – no, it can't be nonfiction. Uh, I read so little nonfiction. Um, Winter Moon by Dean Koontz is the one that immediately springs to mind as a novel. Huh. Why? Um, is that so important? It. His writing style uh, is very evocative. And I'm able to actually picture what he's writing in my head very, very easily. Mm-hmm. Whereas other writers, I not so much. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I read so little of it. I've read maybe five or six novels, as you would put them, my whole life. Right. So that's one that really stood out. And it was one of the first ones that I really got into. So mine is a clear answer. Uh, 1984. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a really good answer, too. Because I read it, I was required to read it in high school, and oh. I, when I, re- re- I remember feeling very uncomfortable because I realized that the the things that, that Winston was describing, how he felt in dealing with Big Brother and how you had to hold these yeah. two contradictory ideas in your head and you have this cognitive dissonance that is basically corrosive to the human soul, is how I felt about my religion. Sure. And at the time, I was a true believer, and... You know, I didn't, and I didn't have the framework to articulate these this, these feelings. But this novel was like something that stayed with me. And then I remember yeah. uh, rereading it when I was twenty four, and again, just being smacked in the face with like, "Oh my god, this is what I'm living." And I started reading it more and more frequently. And it was probably there was pro- ten things that led me going away from. You know, we grew up, if you didn't know, as Jehovah's Witnesses, which I consider a cult. Yep. Uh, we that was pro- there's probably ten different things that happened that enabled me to get free of that s- control system, mm-hmm. and 1984 is probably the most important cornerstone of those events that happened. 
So, and I still to this day read it about once a year because I continue, it, it's interesting to uh, chart my continued personal growth. Yeah. And, you know, as I read, it's like, you know, what I think about it now being out and in relation to some of the family members I have still in it is continuing to be interesting. And I don't know, it's like if I'll always do that, but it's like something that I almost always read, usually around Christmas time, funny hmm. enough. Okay. Because I have the time and it's kind of like a dreary period of... and. Yeah, um, and it's a you know it's a traditionally a family time, sure. so it's it's <laughs> easy to uh, get in that mindset. I don't know how long that'll happen because now I love Christmas now, and it's becoming uh, now that I've got a new family, and yeah, yeah. Uh, it's becoming super like a happy time for me. So, yeah. we'll uh, can get along those lines? Can I just say the the non novel that I was going to mention is Demon Haunted World: Science as a Candle in the Wind by Carl Sagan. That is a fucking phenomenal book. Sure. Uh, a work of nonfiction. Sure. Uh, teaches you how to think logically, yes. basically. Um, and, and Carl Sagan is such a master at explaining things to people in a way that they can understand. Sure. That novel, if you, if you ever want to educate yourself on how to think and be a reasonable person, mm-hmm. that's a great novel or a, a great book. Sorry. Yeah, if I was going non-novels, that would be right up there along with the works of Stephen Jay Gould because one of the other side effects uh, of being yeah. a Jehovah's Witness is you are just fed tons of misinformation about how the world works sure. um, to the organic biological level. And Stephen Jay Gould is one of the – there's a lot of them nowadays. I think that – I honestly think atheists are making a mistake in that they are <laughs> playing to the choir, preaching to the choir. Yeah. And they're actively turning off believers. And I, felt, I think the guys like Sagan and Gould and – now the Neil deGrasse Tysons have a much better approach where they're not threatening. They're just presenting information, man. Mm-hmm. And the grandeur and wonder and awe of the universe and the world we live on. And you can fill in whatever fucking backstory you want. It's just pure factual information. To me, that was a much better way to pry into my closed mind than a guy like uh, fucking Dawkins. Yeah, yeah. Who's like... Who writes some excellent books. He does, but he's a dick. He's a massive but in, asshole. in interviews, I, yeah, he... I think I would hate him if I met him in real life. P- potentially, yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> um, he also says, how does it make you feel, Dennis Kleinbeck? How does it make you feel knowing your podcast are heard worldwide? Uh, t- crazy. Uh, it, it's insane. It is. I'm super happy for the audience that we have, and I never thought we would get here. No, and it's such... It's so cool and we're... You know, because we call it, you know, we call it dick sucking and we trim it all out. We try not to read it on the podcast for number one, time constraints. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I sometimes I get the impression that I feel like people uh, think that we don't like it. It's not that. It's, it's, in fact, we, I tend to be self loathing um, in some of my darker times where I'm like, you know, I suck. I'm a fraud. I'm a failure. And, you know, s- s- the stream of positivity I get in the inbox. Um, does a lot to kind of counteract that because it's it's continually daily factual evidence that nope, there's some people out there to like me. Sure. Um, so that's important, and also I love it that almost every single time I open my mailbag when we're compiling, I go like, oh god, that's a really good take. And as we get more people and the more people sending in, and and uh, we continue to track smart, funny commenters, it's just makes our podcast that much better. Absolutely. So, um. I, I love it. It's it's a great feeling. I hope everyone gets to experience that once in their life to have like this thing bigger than yourself. This yeah, grows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul W. says, uh, how did Jim and Aaron meet? Professionally, were we friends beforehand? 
we touched on this a little bit. Do you have anything more to elaborate on? Uh, well, we, we just met at church. I moved from California to Indiana and ended up in the same congregation as uh, Aaron here. And, you know, we kind of had, we had friends who were friends of our friends. Uh, and, you know, we hung out in mandatory field service meetings sure. and all that type of shit. Uh, so we got to know each other a little bit. And then as we got older, we started hanging out more. You know, and your dad, you know, there's a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses that are good people. And they are trying to do the best they can. And your dad is one of those guys. Sure. Because there's this concept. If your dad was, like, not in the quote-unquote truth, mm-hmm. you were labeled as a fatherless boy. And there's all these articles about how you should reach out to fatherless boys. And blah, and it's, it kind of made me always feel awkward. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, oh, Jesus, here comes this elder, and he's going to want to talk about you know, something I don't care about. He's going to pat me on the head. I never got that experience. No, because your dad was a baptized witness, so you had that shield. I'm just saying I didn't even know that experience existed. Yeah, the organization's like, you know, they're not... Sure, they're getting the mom brainwashing, but you don't... You can't beat the power of a good fatherly brainwashing. So reach out to these men. And most of it is just ham-fisted. I imagine it's kind of the same awkwardness that goes on with a lot of, like, um, you know... Big brother groups. That's anytime I see like be a big brother, I think no, I mean most of the kids are probably like, Oh Jesus, I have to put up with this guy just yeah. trying to reach out to me. Mm-hmm. Um and I was a nerdy kid. I like Star and most of these guys, they're older dudes, they don't get no shit about shit. Uh-huh. Uh want to play <laughs> baseball with me. But your dad uh he had a basement with pinball machines and he liked to play fucking risk and pinball yep. tape and he's like he would invite all of us quote unquote fatherless boys. Uh, to his house for like these just parties basically mm-hmm. and it's like hey let's have a good time and become friends that's the way to build community he's doing it right yeah um so like i really gravitated towards your family for that reason and started hanging out with you and your brother because of that so i don't know if you got i don't know if we've even talked about that side of things before no no we haven't yeah i'm, I'm learning new things all the time on this podcast <laughs> so that answers that uh he also wants to know are you ever going to do a top all-time TV, top 10 TV shows, characters, podcast. Yes. Yes. We actually have plans for a podcast series slash YouTube series. You where... said plans. Uh, we have mentioned to each other the idea that it would be cool to do something like that. <laughs> well, I think it's a step above that. We're actually like, not only that, but we think that would be effective and it's something... Like, we do... What I think in top 10 is mm. it's cool to just do it because it generates a lot of discussion and also helps crystallize my mind about like you know which i like better the wire the breaking bad and why and defend you know actually defend it Mm -hmm. um and then what's cool is every year like in 2015 new shows come out and we have another debate like did anything crack the top 10 has anything you know uh as you rewatch stuff your relationship with it changes so it's like anytime you can have something that fosters discussion helps me crystallize ideas in my own mind and can generate interesting evergreen content for listeners for years to come mm-hmm. i'm like fuck yeah we need to do that all right sounds so, like it'll happen it will happen it's just again our biggest hurdle now is coming up with effective processes yeah. to get all this stuff done especially and, with the new stuff like video that we don't have experience with like we've shot so much video that we just shit can because it's like it didn't turn out the way we wanted to or it was a frustrating process and we also have individual like the way you watch and do tv commentary Mm -hmm. is a lot different from the way i do it sure and and in fact i wasn't even aware of that until like the last couple months because you know it's like it's very hard for you for example three shows come out on sunday night Uh uh-huh 
to get all that stuff and, and and be ready and enthused to do a podcast like on Tuesday for all three of them. No, I need time to think individually about these shows. Uh, and, and I need time to basically, I just need time to let them ruminate um, and, and give it actual active thought yeah. before I can do a podcast. Whereas, you know, something like an instant cast is easy because you're not talking about anything in depth. Yeah, you're it's just, just your surface level on everything. Right. The, and but, I could do those podcasts all day. That's not a right. problem. But I don't feel like those podcasts are what I want to do. And sure. I don't feel like they're as valuable to people. Whereas I'm like a bullshit jukebox. You put in a quarter <laughs> and I can talk. at And it's funny because when we've done live meetups, people are like, this is just like listening to a podcast. Because I can, I've got this ability to just – you give me a subject – and I could mm. probably talk 15 or 20 minutes on it. Sure. Because I have strong opinions about fucking everything. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like that is not what's stressful for me. What's stressful for me is some of the technical stuff, some of the paperwork stuff, um, mm. some of the process things. So it's like we both have different strengths and weaknesses, and we're trying to figure out how we can best harness this. Yep. And again, man, if we could figure out how to get screeners, I think that would be a big help. Because that we would could help. this 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 everything coming out on Sunday is fucking bullshit, and people <laughs> need to stop, or they're going to kill. I think collectively all of us. Yeah. You know, when five quality shows comes out on Sunday night, mm-hmm. how can every how can people win? How can the networks think that's a great idea? Uh, you, you can't. Movie right? companies have figured that out. They used to just drop, and pe- yeah. it was like a, a bloodbath. And now they're like, okay, well, we'll we'll kind of schedule around each other. And gaming companies are doing that too. They're Same getting thing. on board early with that. But they're television, like, it's like they still feel like there's a weaknesses to exploit there. And well, so I don't they, know. I don't know. They have very limited time slots that are valuable to them, right? With DVRs, though, is that I mean, they just not caught because that's the thing. All this other stuff we talked about think, is time shifted by definition yeah you don't have to buy a ticket on opening night to be relevant you can you know sure. see within a month and you're probably still part of that isn't dvrs and digital downloads isn't that kind of paving the way for that you would think so but i i think a lot of these people are resistant to that idea that people want a time shift and that that's the thing that they should be allowed to do Anthony R says are you guys sober or drunk when you start the podcast that depends how many pot which pot how many podcasts have we done that day? Exactly. <laughs> have we just finished a previous podcast? Because if not, we're probably drunk. Yeah. Or if we have, we're probably drunk, rather. Um, and some podcasts I don't drink as much as others. Mm-hmm. Some podcasts I do drink. And um, also, it's like I'm not like measuring shit out. So sometimes I'll be a little heavy-handed with the booze, and I get you can hear me get numb-tongue by the end of the t- episode. Sure, yeah. Uh, I haven't got to Roger Sterling, just appropriate amount of booze and water mm-hmm. to, yep. to, to get it all through. So another part of the process we're working out. <laughs> uh, Barry C. says, how many downloads would a new cast get for you guys to deem it a success? Inside info here, 2,000. That's kind of the magic number. And that's, that's becoming low, actually. That's, yeah, that's marginal, and that's per week. That's in the first because we In the first week, yeah. Are lo- you know, and... and I don't know. We're kind of figuring this out because some shows have a much longer tail. Yeah, and some shows have a larger viewer base, so we kind of rank them according to that. And if we had, like, it's different on YouTube, right? Because that's the one oh, thing certainly. We, we haven't, you know, that the, our eyes are becoming open to is, like, a, you know, a couple thousand views on YouTube if you have several hundred videos is a much different deal than if you have you know, three videos that have a hundred or 200,000 because it's the long tail. YouTube's continually serving ads or podcasts is like, you know, your first week with TV podcasting, that's your biggest bang for your buck. And 
yes, people do go yeah. through your back catalog and stuff, but there's no way to, you know, monetize that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're thinking about ways, but there are very few right now. So, yeah. Um, but that, I mean, that's, you know, you contrast that with Game of Thrones that cracked 50,000 downloads per per week. Yeah. And it's, you know, and we're talking 24 pulling down, you know, struggling to pull down 2,000. I mean, it's super fun to do, but if it gets yeah. less than that, like if we have a podcast we were super jonesed about and it got 500 listens, it's hard to justify that. It is, yeah. Um, unless we decide, you know, we just want to do this for fun. And I think 24 became that midway through the season. We were at a point where we could have said, you know what, this isn't getting our thre- hitting our threshold. We should just stop doing it. Right. Uh, it, it feels awkward to stop in the middle of the season, A, and B. We have a lot of fun on that podcast. It's something we don't take very seriously. It doesn't take a lot of our time because we don't have to do research and all that stuff. Yeah. So we figured, you know, we're having fun doing it. Let's keep doing it. We're Game of Thrones. You know, oh, that takes forever to That's do. That's a beast. That's... That's, Ten hours for you, and yeah, I mean, it, we, six hours for me, and yeah, and some of those, um, some of those uh, tinfoil theory sections, like I, I, in, in the beginning of the season, I envisioned this as being this kind of light and breezy, like oh, we'll talk about all the crazy theories about Dario <laughs> and you know what happened to Benjen. I'll spend five or ten minutes, and I, I made the mistake of the first couple ones. I actually did much more. Mm, you know and set a precedent for yourself and then it's like so i go to do it i there's a couple i threw away because i'm like this is just this is not up to the the standards that i've set which is like shit now i gotta live up to doing these big splashy well-researched things every week and it's it's something i gotta do alone which yeah that's super hard for me doing a solo cast is rough it's not easy so, um, but it makes it worth it when you get tons of feedback and tons of people listening to it and saying it's great. So yeah. that's, you know, whereas 24, it's like, Hey, we'll watch it once and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll rip on it and praise it when it's necessary and have a lot of fun and keep it light and breezy. I had your game of Thrones experience with my falling skies coverage where it was taking me roughly 10 hours to slap out a falling skies video in the most haphazard that, that way 200 possible. People were watching the 200 people were watching and I <laughs> could not justify yeah. the time for that for this season so yeah. uh, i'm just talking about it in the tv podcast uh nikki p says how much work do you find yourself doing on the side to make ends meet now that you quit your jobs none zero uh i that's been kind of because i was doing a couple hours of consulting here and there for my company and i just recently mm-hmm. told them i can't do it anymore because i'm that's the idea right too i full. mean th- we either have to go into this whole assed or give it up yeah, and there's I, no half measures. You can't take half measures on on growing something like this to the point where it can actually sustain us. Right. And it's like, you know, we either have the funding or we don't. And if we have the funding, then we I shouldn't be uh, fucking around with this other stuff. It's like, you know, I got to take a meeting in the middle of the day. And yeah, so yeah. I just I, it, I, I couldn't do it and, and uh, be 100 percent on bald move. So we're we're 100 percent living off of. Uh, our funding and uh, your all's generosity and affiliate stuff. And some spot, I mean, we're trying to get the advertising thing going too, but I think it's our goal to as much as possible be uh, listener and community supported because that seems like the way to go to make quality content and not have to worry about pissing people off or chasing down leads and you spend more time doing content, right? Definitely. Uh, She also wants to know what's your favorite movie from childhood? It's cliched. It's so cliched, Star Wars. 
Yeah, if you're a thirty something year old male, yeah, ninety five percent of the time you're going to say Star Wars, and the other five percent of the time you might say Goonies, which is probably my number okay. two. Sure. And I'm so when may, I say Star Wars, maybe e. T. Maybe I, I wasn't allowed to watch E. T. There. Yeah, you came. He's the, an alien, dude. I know. I know. Not magical. I. I'm just. But it's one of those things where nobody thought anything of it. But some fucking jackass got up on the platform and gave this thing about how. He read an article one day that the E.T. was a, a Christ figure, which oh, he was, okay. and which 50% of all fucking literature, uh-huh. which you'd know if you cracked a book, you moron. Yep. And now suddenly the parents are like, oh, no, it's, uh, E.T.'s terrible, and you can't oh, watch it. Oh, God, I feel sorry for you. Although I've got a lot of those gaps in my pop culture. Yeah, like if there's a rated R well. movie before like 2000, yeah. chances are I haven't seen it unless I made a deliberate attempt to go back and see it because yeah, you're I, not allowed to watch Radar movies. I broke the rules to see The Matrix, man. Sure. I was like 17 at the time and I had to, I had to sneak it. I was 24 and starting to slide my way out, but I, I had to I had to do, do the sneaky sneak. As a yep. grown-ass man. Right? It's some bullshit. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> I wonder um, what Daryl Dixon would say about that. <laughs> it's some bullshit. <laughs> I don't even have to hesitate. <laughs> Uh, although he got cigarettes put out and whipped, and I think he would probably yeah. he called bullshit on us whining on about our oh your mommy was religious. I fucking lived in the woods for three months, fucker. I was raised by squirrels. <laughs> Thomas W. Jim, generally speaking, do you know or don't you know? I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I think you know. You know? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. You know. Barry C. said, do you think TV is better than movies these days? Podcasts aside, if you could only watch TV or movies, which would it be? It's a desert island situation. If you could bring the entire human cinematic film experience with you or the entire You start something with human sin, and I think you're going somewhere else (laughs) with a human centipede out there. Uh, Man, this is such a tough question. First of all, do I think TV is better than movies these days? I think they're very different beasts. I think they both have room to coexist. I enjoy television more than movies at this point. Um, once once we got into Breaking Bad, my view on that kind of changed. It's like TV is the way to go. These longer story arcs are fantastic. I, that said, I don't think the movies have diminished in quality or value at all. It's a very interesting question because it's like saying – is a trilogy book series better than a novella? Sure. Well, my favorite book, most influential book of all time, 1984, is a very short novella. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, but, you know, I love Lord of the Rings. I love my uh, Game of Thrones. I love all that stuff. Uh, or A Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> I would have to say that if I had a desert island scenario, I think I'd take TV. And not because I prefer it. But just because there's more stuff you can really sink your te- teeth into. And that's the, the limitation of a movie. I mean, even something as yeah, rich yeah. as The Godfather is th- you know, two and a half, three hours long, and it's over. How do you compare yeah. The Godfather to all of Mad Men? You can't. Uh, they're apples and oranges. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're getting a snapshot of this character's, single character's lives, where in these these sprawling TV epics, you are getting like the whole human experience. Sure. And and I, his question is slightly different from the desert Isle desert Island thing, because you know, it, he said, it if presumably, you could only watch TV yes, or movies, yes, but it presumably reaches into the future. His question does, uh, whereas a desert Island, you're stuck with what you got. Okay. Uh, if, if it reaches into the future, I'm probably taking 
television because I feel like there's a lot more good television that is about to be made, and I don't want to miss out on that. Mm-hmm. Whereas movies, I've got a hundred years of movies that I could watch. Certainly, and you know, you know, uh, I would gladly trade every Oscar-nominated movie last year, and there yeah. were some great ones, and I saw everything but August of Osage County. Hmm. I would trade all that for the TV I watched last year. Hands down. Not yeah. even a question. So, All right. TV is the answer. <laughs> uh, Marcus A. said, why'd you stop doing Justified? Hmm. Uh, full-time jobs and Mad Men and Game of Thrones kind of got in the way. Yeah, the schedule. And especially, no, what really fucked us is when Walking they Dead split in February? up Walking Dead. That's right. Because I could, when I was working full time, mm-hmm. and I every time I finished Mad Men or Game of Thrones, you back me up. I said I'd swear I'd never do this next season. We got to come up with something else, Jim, because I can't do it. Yeah, I can't do it. It's it's killing me because especially yep. when I started working a job where I was working fifty plus hours a week. Yeah, the first year we did it, I was working kind of straight forty on a very cushy like Maytag repairman job. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they sold the company and now I was having to work and like as a consultant and you're billable and all this stuff, I, I just couldn't do it. So then when I, they, they split up the walking dead to where, you know, you'd have three weeks of justified and then you'd have to do justified and walking dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, then right after that, you got to do Madman and game. Of Thrones. And plus there was going to be a couple of weeks where I have to do four podcasts. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. No, I mean, it was, it was either give up justified or quit podcasting <laughs> right. for you. And, so. and you know, The Walking Dead was a more established cast, certainly a larger audience. Justified was always a marginal. I don't know why, because yeah. it has, you know, it gets four or five million people watching it, but the podcast audience is very, very small for that. Um, yeah, and the reason we didn't pick it back up this year is because uh, you were still at that job. You were still uh, tailing mean, off, it, and I was in the middle of a move. It started to in January, state. so by the time you were freed up, it was almost over, and yeah. I was still working until you know early April. So it's just we missed it. Now next year yeah. finale season, we for sure one hundred percent guarantee we'll cover it. Yep. Um, I will say the last year kind of a stinker. Uh, justified the rare uh, show that not peaked. totally the the very end of that season was really good. I thought, but. The stuff yes. with Raylan and his dad was fantastic. No, no, no. You haven't even seen last season. That was You're last kidding. season. We're going into season six? I think so. Oh, I Jesus just know Christ. That, yeah, you're yeah. a season behind. I, I haven't even seen it. Last season was kind so of busy. weak sauce. Um, and Justified is, might be the rare series that peaked at, at, at season at two. Season two, yeah. Two season three was great. Mm-hmm. A notch below that. Season four was also great. A notch, notch below. below season three. I've never seen a show like that that just like fucking peaks in season two. They just had the perfect combination of casting, writing, uh, the stories, and everything just all came yeah. together for him. Uh, he also, I believe, he had another question. Let me find. Oh yeah, Marcus A wants to know how we uh, our opinions on Battlestar Galactica, especially mm, the ending. Especially the ending. Uh, I am a fan of Battlestar Galactica. I it's somewhat in the lost uh, category where I enjoyed the ride. Probably more than the whole. Um, a lot of good episodes in there. A lot of bullshit in there. <laughs> and the ending is kind of up in the air for me. I felt like it was somewhat predictable for as much of a surprise as it was supposed to be. And I'm not going to talk about it and give it away, even though it's been off the air for years and years. Uh, I, I don't know how to judge that ending. I, I wasn't blown away, but I didn't hate it. 
I'm not a fan. I know you're not. <laughs> and I I can't really say more in this kind of format. And I don't I don't like, you know, I understand why people like it. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's bad. It just didn't get me. And I watched the entire first season and I'm like, you know, I don't really care. I love the board game, though. There was really cool stuff in there. I mean, the all, all the military stuff against the Cylons I thought was pretty good. Um, the drama got a little, a little schlocky at times, um, just over the top. Uh, I, I not so sure about Starbucks storyline. I don't know if I like that. I'm not sure about the Jimi Hendrix song. Uh, I'm not sure about the final five. Like (laughs) there's a lot of stuff I'm not totally sold on, but I really enjoyed it while I was watching it. And 33 minutes. I, I really liked that episode. I know you're not a fan. That's the one that kid broke my, because you, I know I love that episode. So I I agree with everything you said about the drama. And I thought the military depictions were terribly unrealistic. And I call bullshit left, right and center. Really? But I cut my teeth on like, yeah, you're you're reading the high military stuff. Yeah. So, and I see where they're going with that. And I'm just like, they're the analogies they're trying to make. Yeah. Like don't fit. And the tactics they're employing don't really fit the the obvious analogies. I mean, I I don't know. Um, I think we should move on because again, I, I hate telling people that what they like sucks. <laughs> okay, let's. Uh, Barry C said, "What's your background in TV, film slash literary criticism? It's always been of a very high standard. Are you just uber fans, or did you take some sort of class? Could you recommend some sort of book or resource to help us think more critically about the shit we watch?" I have no background in this, and I I thank you for your compliment that we have a high standard uh, as far as criticism goes. I, I don't know. I've just developed that as a viewer and a fan. So I thought a lot about this question after he asked it. We've I've been sitting on this for a couple of weeks. And I've always been really interested in criticism. Like, even when I was a kid, you know, when the book fair would roll around, I would buy books <laughs> about, like, the top 100 video games or... okay. You know, and and in literature class, I always really liked the you know dis, the discussion of something afterwards, why we liked it, what were the themes, stuff like that. And as a consequence, as I grew up, I started like I was to this day. I think Roger Ebert is a genius. Yeah, yeah. For non snooty film criticism, like he could give you a review of Caddyshack. That's just as thoughtful and just as intelligent as his re- as his review of Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. and it's a goddamn shame he died because I, I, I to this day like I used to read his site every Friday. Yeah, I couldn't wait to see what he thought of everything, and I couldn't wait to read his Oscar pieces and his blogs. And I don't have any. I mean, there's people been suggesting I've tried different. I don't have a single movie reviewer that I trust that he could tell me. He could give me a review that I would either know I liked the movie or not. And, sure. and if I disagreed with him, I could 100% tell why we disagreed because yeah. I knew he was upfront with his biases. He's upfront with his predilections. Hmm. Um, and I read tons of his stuff. And I think that if you want to be a better critic, not to the extent that you know we're professional critics or anything, is to read good <laughs> criticism. No, I wouldn't call us critics at all. I'd, I'd call us just fans. <laughs> um but I do like I read read a lot of criticism. Read Seppenwall. Read um, and, yeah. uh, uh, James Pony Wozniak is really good. Uh, go back and f- uh, I'm going to reference this later on. But Roger Ebert's great movie series. Most of those are archived on his website. But there's also a book with slightly longer form uh, reviews of all those. Mm-hmm. Just excellent. And, and every time 
another good exercise is whenever to this day, if I watch a movie that's you know not in the last three years, I usually go and read Roger's review of it because it's like a friend that I can talk about that fucking movie that I trust. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's really what you want out of your actual critics, uh, your people who are doing reviews. You want to be able to identify with them and tell based on their reaction how you'll feel about the movie, which is why I don't feel like places like uh, Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and stuff are very good barometers for me right. as far as what I'm going to like. Uh, with gaming, I definitely have that. With movies, not so much. Gaming, I go to Giant Bomb, and I know those guys well enough. I know their personalities that I know if they like something, I'm going to like it. I'm the same way with Penny Arcade. If they, I don't play many yeah, games yeah. as much because I'm so busy and I'm a dad now. But like, mm-hmm. if they are really talking up a game, I almost have to check it out, and I'll probably like it because I, I again, trust their sensibility. Yeah, I, I'm with you, though. I don't have anybody in movies or TV who I really trust that much. The other thing I'm trying to do, because I think the more you do, the more you get better. Um, so, one, so the thing I'm trying in 2014 is to pay attention to the writing and directing yeah, yeah. and see how styles and experience levels and the things they work on influence the work. And I with Jason Shankle uh, Zank, from the Nattercast, um, who I recommend uh, him and his wife for their really great discussions about the art of, of making things and why things are good, why things are bad. Uh, they recommended me a couple of books on filmmaking, like shot selection, editing, um, th- the use of cameras and different techniques that I'm... Is one of those books film directing shot by shot? Yes, it is. That I'm, <laughs> I'm it's working, on your shelf behind you? <laughs> working, working my way through to kind of understand even more, you know. But again, it's like I, yeah. I think that it, that's good for knowledge, but you can't... Uh, this a lot, of, a lot of reviewers I see that kind of roll my eyes at get really geeky about that. You know, and I think that's the wrong way to go. You still got to keep mean? it accessible. What do you mean get geeky about that? Like, you know, some some dude on the, the – They used get to, snooty? Yeah. They like, get He's talking about why, why he didn't like a particular action scene from Batman, uh, The Dark Knight Re- Returns or whatever the Joker one was. Okay. And he's talking about like a lot of this film school bullshit where – obviously the average film viewer thought it was fucking great and didn't have a hard time, but he's talking about like, you know, the language of cinema and how he's, how Christopher Nolan is sitting to, and I, as I was reading, Hmm. I'm thinking it could be that Christopher Nolan is enough of an artist that he's knows when he can flaunt conventions to get an effect. And you as a, just out of film school student are criticizing (laughs) this man that just made a billion dollar movie. Uh huh. Uh, that's so that's like anytime you go that, you better, anytime you go after a big target like that, you better know what the fuck you're talking about. Sure. I, the devil's advocate position there is you need those people to push the art of filmmaking forward, right? You Certainly. need those people who are going to be pretentious about what they're watching. Yeah. In order to have the art evolve. It's just not as interesting, I don't think, to me. Sure. Sure. It's for different people. Uh, Sammy N says, will you guys consider doing an American Horror Story podcast? No other TV cast live up to ones you guys do? I think that Cecily and I's next project will be American Horror Story. Okay. Because we watch it as fans, and I actually tried to get her to do a podcast on it last year, but she was shy. And now that I got her on True Blood, I think that we'll, we'll probably cover that. You don't watch it. You don't care, right? I don't watch it, no. Um, but yeah, I think it's... It's it's in the same it'll probably be in the same vein as what we do in True Blood, where definitely fans, but also there's a lot of bullshit and a lot of funny stuff, and intentionally I think that you can kind of like you know laugh with the show instead of at it. Yeah, so, I wish there were just a good 
just a straight up good horror show. I hear Penny Dreadful's good. We got a lot. There's, there's I have a small not tried vocal that. group I'm... threatening my life <laughs> about covering that on Facebook. I am a big fan of horror, and I'm a big fan of Timothy Dalton, so I should probably check that out. The strain. I mean, one episode in, uh, the strain doesn't feel like it's going to deliver the goods. It doesn't. No. Pilot episode of Walking Dead delivered the goods. It did. Yeah, it was. It was not bad. They've gone away from that just kind of creepy dread. You know, like the, 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 the true horror. Yeah. I I really wish that the river had been better. The river was a show where uh, a guy who's like an explorer got lost in oh, the yeah, woods in the Amazon yeah, and they yeah. sent a TV crew after him to try to find him because uh-huh. he was, he was making TV. He was making documentaries uh, and some weird shit happened around him. It just wasn't that good. And it got canceled after the first season, after a short first season, like eight episodes yeah, like I remember, midway through the I remember Seppenwall and Feinberg on her podcast debating about that and whether it deserved to be canceled or not. And I that, wish that had been good. Yeah. Cause that was pure horror. Sure. Let's move on to the next question. Noel, the Captain Albano says definitively and for the record, T or A? Oh boy, uh, I want to be struggled to do this definitively. Yeah, it really it depends on the T. It depends on the A. A, a little of column A, a little of column T. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, so I I love a variety of different women. <laughs> oh Jesus, he's starting. I can see the wheels nope, nope. spinning up on this giant explanation. No, nope, but but I I prefer love making positions in which oh, I'm God. facing the partner. None of this is something I want to hear about. So I'm going to go with T. <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> Star Trek series, which is her favorite? T and G. Oh, so you're a teammate, yeah. <laughs> TNG, huh? Oh, yeah, by far. My heart says TNG. My head says DS9. I'm not sure how to... Oh, shit. I'm not I forgot sure how about to, DS9. I'm not sure how to uh, resolve that war. And also... The, TNG has maybe the best finale episode I've ever seen of any show, including Breaking Bad. Yeah. Jesus Christ, The way man. it summarizes and wraps up that series I love all good things perfect. as much as anyone, but... Uh, I I shared that opinion with you five years ago. I can't say, <laughs> honestly, that it's, you know... I mean, True Detective's last episode is better than that. Mm, yeah, maybe. For for what it was at the time, it was just... I don't know. The best I, thing I, on TV. I can, I can say good things about every... I even like the old series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I... And, and Voyager had it mo- no, its moments. No, no, no. I can't it's recommend it as in, good, yeah. but, like, yeah, so... And Enterprise, don't even bother. Uh, would you rather have Breaking Bad Renewed come back for one more season in any capacity, i.e. it could be a prequel season, or Walking Dead get some Benioff and Weiss-esque writing talent on staff? I'd much rather have The Walking Dead, A, because we're still covering it. So if it got really, really good, that would be awesome. Uh, and B, because Breaking Bad is this perfect package that you do not want to touch. I don't want to risk a bad season of Breaking Bad. That is entirely my point, too. Okay. Like, yes, I would like The Walking Dead to be better. I really don't want any George Lucasian fucking with Breaking Bad. It can only end badly. That's the thing. Uh, it. Yes, I want more of it, but I'm too scared to wish for it. That's the, that's the perfect time. That's when you know you're going out on top, when you're leaving. Yeah. When people would love, would pay serious money for more. Uh-huh. But you're done. The story's in, so... 
Sure. Ryan W. said, with the summer TV season approaching, would you guys ever consider doing a rewatch of The Wire or doing either full recaps or instant caps on them? I would very much enjoy that. Mm. I'll field this, Jim. Yes, that is on my big to-do list. And, and something I started talking about a couple weeks to Jim's like, how are we going to make this work? Because mm-hmm. the thing is... I don't want to just do an instant wire rewatch cast. I want to do, yeah. and this is kind of a little bit of a problem, although we're taking a plunge with Breaking Bad, with any good show that we're passionate about. If you're going to go back and take the time to do a retrospective, you kind of want it to be the Criterion Edition podcast, right? At least yeah. I do. Sure, I do too. So I want to get, my mission statement is I would like to get celebrities. Um, not Not too showy, but... You know, get, you know, for one episode, maybe talk chat for five or ten minutes um, with someone that's, you know, that was a, a, that was, uh, the episode was kind of all about, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm working on making those networks happen. I'd like to get some professional, I'd like to get an Alan Sepinwall to help me. Like, you know, I want to get, especially for each episode nine or the the penultimate episode of every one of those seasons, I want to get like a hammer. Yeah. Like a Sepinwall to break it down. I want to get Jason Whitlock. I want to get Bill Simmons. I want to do this upright. So this, you know, this podcast is kind of the. I'd love to get David Simon on mm-hmm. if I could talk him into that. I'm giving him the appropriate respect for his material if he even cares to talk about. And and if I can't do that, <laughs> I don't want to do it. So each it's, season yeah. might take me a fucking year to do. It's funny because. And it's going to take better me. the show, the better the podcast gets, and the more interesting and awesome it would be for the audience. The less likely it is to happen. Well, and I, that's the thing. It's like at, by that's kind of my objective for this year is to get this bald move thing going to where it's a process and it's it's much easier to do. We don't, yeah. you know, every yeah. every Monday we're like, oh fuck, what are we doing? Um, so where I can take on passion projects like that, and also I want to appropriately scope it. Like I think I'll have as much networking as I need to determine whether I can get some of these people. Because if everybody says go fuck off. Mm-hmm. Then I'll do I'll I'll fucking do it with Jim if I have to. <laughs> oh God, I'll stoop that low. That guy. But I would like I would like to make it just really, you know. Sure. I'm saying. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, and I have the same vision for True Detective. But who knows if we'll ever get back to season one of that? We w- come on. I mean, I think our plan, like even if we just do a regular old bald move cast for two detectives. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. is that what you want to do? Is that what people want? I think we do a bald move plus because we can do all the research and we can do, you know, now with the benefit of knowing we can talk definitively about things in like a spoiler section mm-hmm. and in, in our, our ideal world. And we don't know when the new season coming out, but our ideal world is that this would come out leading right up to the next season. Yeah. So it's kind of like a group rewatch, and I'm sure HBO will re-air them like they always do, and we can all get excited together. So, yeah. I hope that answers your question there, Ryan. Barry C., fantastic question. What podcast outside of the Bald Move Network do you listen to? Their podcast outside of the Bald Move Network? Yeah, what what kind of question is that, Barry? The fuck? <laughs> I hope he's not listening to it. No. Uh, I listen to the Giant Bombcast, obviously. Big fan. Uh, Jay and Jack still listen to some of their stuff. They've got a premium feed that I am no longer subscribed to, but they still have a few shows. Like they're they're still doing Lost recaps, I think. Yeah, yeah. Did you say they're getting uh, they to the started, following too? No, not the following. The leftovers. Oh, yes. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, they they have one of those. So I checked that out last week. Pretty good. 
Uh, they, I've been big fans of theirs for a long time. They tweeted at tweeted at us. Did you get a giant boner? Uh, yeah, I tweeted something at them. A big so. bald boner. They, re- they you... retweeted the. Oh, they retweeted. I, th- I think they responded to you, man. They did. Yeah. You didn't yeah, have a Jack's boner at all. Jack's good about that. Well, he's responded to me in the past too. Oh, so. okay. Not the first time that's happened. Uh, Lost Cast, which is an HTML5 game development podcast. I'm. It, it's these guys who made a Wizard's Lizard, and they're cool guys they're ex-web developers like i am and they talk about you know the art of making games and the science of making games uh interesting podcast others the nonprofits, sgu star talk radio common sense hardcore history that stuff and orange lounge radio which is a uh, very very fan-made gaming podcast uh i'm not quite as well listened to as jim i situationally and of course i have a i'm pretty full schedule just making podcasts but on a really good episode, I like to make the rounds of other podcasts. Um, yeah. I like checking out what the Natterborn, Nattercast has to say about stuff. I've been listening to Nina's stuff. That's how I invited her on the podcast. You know, obviously, I'm a huge fan of the people that we have on our network. I, you know, Personal Arrogance is a weekly listen for me. Nope, nope. Outside of the network, man. Oh, it was outside he said that? Yep. Oh, shit. Okay, my fault. <laughs> um, I love Dan. I've. Uh, you turned me on to Dan Carlin, Hardcore History and Common Sense. Yeah, Jesse of Personal Arrogance turned me on to him. They're just really like three and four hour audiobooks that come out every three months about something like the first week of World War One, mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, after listening to it for about a year and a half, I've gone back in his archives and I'm about to become a paying customer because I, I really want to get his take on the Roman Republic too. I feel like I'm a much more knowledgeable citizen about things knowing about history is super important yeah yeah same thing with um uh john green's crash course world history on youtube uh there's 40 he's about to do another 30 like going back and filling in the details so there'll be roughly 110 to 12 minute episodes devoted to world and u.s history that i can't recommend enough for people they're really accessible uh i love bill simmons and Grantland stuff. I've been listening to a lot of uh, Girls and Hoodies podcast with Molly Lambert and Emily Oshida. Hmm. Uh, Bill Simmons is a, almost every listen, um, uh, every podcast listen. Alan Sepinwall, I still like listening to his podcast, and he's got Dan Feinberg on there as well. Uh, I'm trying to think of others. That's about. Yeah, I didn't name any of the TV ones I listened to, but there are a few. On the shows we cover, you know, got to stay up to date on that competition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's, I, I do listen to a lot of Game of Thrones podcasts, History of Westeros. Yeah. I like their non-TV coverage. Hmm. Uh, I don't, I have a real problem with their, the way they do their format of the TV. Uh, I really like the Boiled Leather Audio Hour. Yeah, I can't listen to any of those. Yeah, no, they're super <laughs> in-depth spoilers and books and stuff yep. like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of a lot of their stuff as well. That's about it. Okay. How about the next question? Let's see. RJD wants to know, what are your guys' thoughts on the series Six Feet Under? Would you do a cast on it? I've never seen it. Have you? No, it's an Alan Ball work, who is also famous for True Blood. Uh, I, it's on okay. my... So there's there's this big list of things that I was... You know, like Sopranos is on that list. Deadwood's on that list. I've pretty much taken Oz off that list. I don't think I think mm. Oz is just a little too proto for me. It's kind of like Be- Hill Street Blues. It might be really good. I'll never know because I can't go back to standard definition television. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but 
Six Feet Under is is definitely um I tried Dexter, did not get into it. Yeah, I watched the you. first season. I'm like this. I see what it is. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> Weeds is on that list. Six Feet Under is on that list. So I'll probably give it a season, and I'll either like it or I won't. Weeds becomes a slog like season four. I've heard so, that. Yeah. I've heard that. But, you know, I mean, and that's the thing. You don't have to stick with everything. I'm not a completionist. Sure. Yeah, we've got a question coming up that I definitely did not stick with. But RJ wants to know, what's your opinion on the worst casted character on TV or movies today? <laughs> I know mine. I was showing it to Aaron earlier on the screen while we were podcasting. Adrian Brody as Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in the Predator in Predators, or a similar character. Yeah, casting him in a role that was previously made inhabited by Arnold Schwarzenegger is a fucking joke. Especially when you get you basic <laughs> you, you you cover him in mud and have uh-huh. him do this primal scream. Yeah, we want you to do exactly the scene that Arnold Schwarzenegger does and look like a badass. Well guys, I don't know if I could do that. We we want to I, I can play the piano. <laughs> I can I can ride I can be I can ride a train called the Darjeeling Unlimited. Uh-huh. Uh I it, my mind boggles because when we went to see that, we knew it was going to be shitty. Sure. But they are begging us to make comparisons yep. to Arnold and him unfavorably, and we and did. And also, he bulked up for the thing. Bulked like, up. That's that's exactly my point. Like right? Him bulking up says, hey, this guy was supposed to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's not even fucking close. No. The worst casting of all time, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, I struggle to com- – I, I, I'll nominate two to offset the strength of your one. Okay. Denise Richards as nuclear scientist Christman, <laughs> Christian Christmas Jones in one of the shittier Pierce Bronson, yep. James Bonds. I think it was The World's Not Enough. Yeah, it was. Without, that was with the Diamond Face guy, right? No, that's Hale, Halle Berry. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Did Though, it, that man, Pierce it, Brosnan era just blends together except for Goldeneye. Goldeneye was okay. It wasn't yeah, great. Rebellion. John Bean. But honestly, they wasted an iconic... I mean, Pierce Bronson could have been an all-time great James Bond. And he was just saddled with really shitty, shitty James Bond scripts and ideas. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Shia LaBeouf as Indiana Jones' son. Oh, God. Lots of things wrong with that movie. That was one of them. Good one. At no point did I ever buy him as sharing any of Harrison Ford's DNA. Nope. I'm with you. Uh, what other type of uh, podcast would you consider doing? I.e., games, movies, sports. Definitely games. Um, I like I said, keep up on Giant Bomb, so I'm pretty recent on my game knowledge, uh, and I love playing games. And we're trying. We're we're taking stabs at that. This is stuff that we do, like uh, Bald Move After Dark. Like for example, my yeah, yeah, yeah. True Blood is a Bald Move After Dark project. It's something I do in my off hours, and uh, you know, it doesn't. This is fucking with me. He's got this picture what? of Nicolas Cage. What are you talking about? <laughs> with his tongue sticking out that he's put, putting on our monitor in our studio <laughs> from the peach. I could eat a peach for hours scene from Face Off. Mm-hmm. What the? <laughs> uh, let me shield. Uh, what was I saying? So, so, so some of our bald move after hours projects we're doing to kind of figure out how we could branch into this because it's not our... Yeah. You know, like we question, like, well, our TV fans, do they give a shit about movies? Do they give a shit about video games? Mm-hmm. We did do, um, just to kind of get our feet wet, we did a Let's Play of uh, FTL called WTFTL mm-hmm. that you can check out on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash baldmove. Uh, I did a, sport, a couple sports podcasts with Eric last year for his uh, yeah, yeah. Get Off My Running Back. 
We're thinking about doing me, him, and Jesse a three-man uh, bald move after hours coverage of uh, HBO's uh, Hard Knock series. Okay, never starts saw it. in August. It's the Atlanta Falcons. Oh. It's basically they each week they f- go with an NFL team and pre-film the whole week, and they make a reality show out of an hour. And it's like really high quality, hmm. and it's usually got some like fucked up stuff in it. Kind of like the thing they do twenty four seven. Boxing yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're thinking about don't hold me to that because this is just us talking amongst ourselves. But that's something I I have interest in all those things. Movies cast. You know, <laughs> we tried that once. Yeah, we got that bad taste in our mouth because we tried it as a premium podcast, which is a terrible idea. It was, yeah. And we never covered the cost of our tickets. Yeah. You know, let alone the gas to drive <laughs> to the movie theater. But that's something that we might uh, come bring back later. Uh, Noel. The Captain Albano has a double dip. She goes, oh, what are your thoughts on the TMNT to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie reboot? I have very few thoughts about that. So part of my pop culture gap as a child is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's considered too violent for me. Uh, see, me, uh, I was, there was a couple of things my mom used to deny me entertainment. One was the violence. Uh-huh. One was mystical slash magic. And apparently yeah. ninjas are mystical as fuck. What? They are one man army against God. And they pray to oh. Shinto. I mean, it's, yeah. Oh, God. They talk no. about chi, and it's just, you know, the, the Satan and the demons will shack up with you. You start watching that stuff. <laughs> wow. She just doesn't understand anything, does she? No. That's, no. <laughs> it blows my mind. Welcome to my life. I did kind of like the 90s versions. I saw them when I was a little bit too old for them because they came out in like. The first one was like 91 or something. Uh, so I I wasn't even 10 yet, you know. I've been watching them. So I couldn't watch them, but then later on I caught them. And yeah, they're, they're schlocky and stupid, but fun. I've been watching the modern animated series with my son that's on Saturday mornings, and it's pretty good. Oh, I think yeah. that uh, fucking Michael Bay, I think he's behind this. These, the turtles. You don't like their faces. No, they look they look terrible. They look mean. They look dark they and violent. I'm not yeah. going to take my seven-year-old. I mm. should want to take my seven to 12-year-old to Teenage Mutant Turtles. You, you got to think the the target market for this is probably 30-year-old no, dudes. No, wrong. No, wrong. I disagree, man. It's just like Transformers. Transformers is a shit show, but it's action-packed, and it's, then they it's sh- meant for 30-year-olds now who were fans I of totally these things disagree. as kids. If that's the case, then their script should be a lot better. Oh, I agree with that. I think these are made for children, and the underwear and t-shirt aisle at Walmart agrees with me, and huh. it's terrible that we are pitching this shit to children, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I'm not a violent prude or anything like that, obviously. I'm just like, I'm not going to take my seven-year-old... To a movie where people are brutalized. All right. Wait till he's 10. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, let's see what else. Bianca W. says, I just rewatched seasons five and six of Sopranos. Would you consider a podcast on the series finale and give your thoughts on it now that so many years have passed? This is another one that I started watching and never got through. Uh, I got into season five, I think, and... That's I know a this isn't. Season. I know this isn't a '90s show, but my God, it feels dated. It feels like a '90s show in a lot of ways. They did a lot of cool, creative, experimental things with the show, and I give them credit for that. But uh, in a lot of ways, it's just bad. Uh, I don't know that I can get on that because when James Gandolfini died, um, they were doing on HBO. 
And I think they're doing some tasteful, like memorial, you know, just like running some mini marathons and stuff. Okay. Not try. I don't think they're trying to cash in on his death. It was just like, hey, you know, because yeah. what does that even mean to HBO? Sure. Uh, some of his work is um, as an actor is amazing. Some, yeah. yeah and yeah. I, I just saw these just disconnected, not related to each other. I mean, I know of Sopranos and the general plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely, on my list of things to go back and see, I have heard, though, that that's a much better show you know, just seeing an episode here, an episode there, because in the, some of the episodes really have kind of lose their way and the narrative kind of gets crappy. And sure. So yeah. no, I, I lost uh, any desire to see it. The problem somewhere is, along the way. I don't know that we're ever going to go to and do rewatch podcasts on anything that we haven't previously covered because I don't see us ever having the time to go back and do that stuff. There's too much good stuff coming out every single day that, why Why would we? Now, there is a way with com slash bald move to go and commission us where we'll mm. watch roughly two hours of content and do a custom podcast. So if enough of you really wanted us to do that, you could band together and that's something we need to work out, a way that people can go into group buys for this commission deals. Yeah, they have uh, – there are sites that – We'll pool your resources and pay for something. It's ridiculous. Kickstart yeah. <laughs> a subable so Bald Move will watch something. Um, but yeah, I, um, definitely it's going to be something that I watch in my personal time just to round myself out as a television fan. Yeah, maybe at some point I'll try to get through the next two seasons just to see the ending because the ending is what I really want. And I, I could But also you can't s- get there without everything else. I could also see us doing that on the TV feed, just like if we ever do synchronize and see that just kind of having a discussion because mm, maybe yeah. I have read a lot because I'm you know i not averse to spoilers. Yeah. I followed the end closely hmm. and I read all of the 50,000 word articles that people wrote about it and I kind of think the controversy is a little overblown. Oh, okay. But that's not me as a fan that sunk six years into watching it either. So. Sure. Brooke McAy said, how much planning goes into a full-length podcast? I've always been interested in making some podcasts as I work in a proper studio. Are you recruiting any overseas podcasters for British shows such as Sherlock and the like? Mm. Let's take the first part of that question first. How much planning goes into a full-length, traditional, non-instant, non-half-assed, bald-move podcast? Uh, Somewhere around five hours for me. So that's five man hours for each of us. Unless it's Game of Thrones, then you put in like a four extra or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But so that breaks down roughly. We watch it at least twice, sometimes three. And a lot of times we'll, we won't watch it a full third time, but we'll be like, I have specific questions about the scene. We need to zap to that. And we might yeah. watch it several times to clear up some things. Yeah, it's probably more than five. Once you do two watches for an hour each, then like an hour of research, then a two-hour podcast, there's probably a little bit of extra slack time. And I think time you're, you're also, because you, you haven't done it in a long time, but compiling feedback takes a long uh, while. Yeah, Especially yeah. the bigger the show, the more it takes to compile feedback. It's the... sure. Worst slash best part of my job because I, I love getting it and I love reading it, but I hate cutting people out. Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot to editorialize that. And the research definitely on a show like The Following or Fargo takes a, no. a long time. No, people. God damn it, The Leftovers. People just have to know that when you say The Following, you really mean The Leftovers. Right. And making a calling a show of Following as The Leftovers is a joke. Mm-hmm. Probably the worst thing ever because it's continually it, reinforcing yes. it in my mind. <laughs> Uh, are we recruiting overseas podcasters or any other podcasters? Uh, well, 
no, but maybe at some point. So we've got this baby network, right? Yeah, and which and... we turned into a network almost by accident, just because we had some friends who were doing cool stuff and we wanted to include them. Yeah, and uh, I think our goal is to get a handle on our processes and kind to start strengthening this network. And we've been doing this. Like I've got some podcasts and I'm bringing Amy and Susan on and Kelly. I'm going to be doing a podcast with Kelly and Tom later this summer about Lawrence of Arabia. Cause they're going back and covering in their off season, some classic, uh, Edwardian era movies and television s- series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously did crossover Fargo with Eric. We're going to be doing some more of that stuff. So we'd like to kind of stitch this network a little bit closer together and, and harness all of our strengths. And then maybe next year, look at expansion because there's definitely, for one thing, I don't think that we can or want to do everything all the time forever and ever. And I don't think there's any way for us to cover all the television that we want to cover, especially not as full cast. And I'm not saying yeah. that we're ever going to take a step back, but you know, to get the penny dreadfuls and stuff, we're going to have to start, you know, bringing other people on to help us out. And I think there's definitely people doing good work, quality work that uh, you guys will like as well, mm-hmm. if not better, God help us than <laughs> Jim and I. And uh, that's again, not saying that we're going to take a step back, but we want to make yeah. the family bigger. Yeah, there are so physical not right restraints on our on time and space here, and yeah. we're falling into those. Yeah, I mean, even working full time, I mean, yeah. six podcasts a week, bam, your time is done. You're done. Yeah. So you know, not right now. Don't call us; we'll call you. But probably one day, and that time may never come. But we will ask for you to do a service. <laughs> You're really to the hedging this a lot, aren't you? <laughs> I know, I know, because I don't want like a million people like. Here's our podcast. Um, Henry P says, are you guys planning on doing an under the dome season two when it comes out? I've not seen season one and I didn't hear a lot of just, Oh my God, you got to see this series. So probably not. What do you, absolutely not. Okay. (laughs) I stopped watching around episode six or something. And as a huge Dean Norris fan too. Yeah. Yeah. Coming right off of breaking bad. I was excited for it, but man, DC, our friend D, uh, now I need another, or I got a, I got a question. Have you ever tasted Vegemite? I've never tasted Vegemite. I no. have tasted Vegemite because uh, Jesse, our friend for personal arrogance, is a Native Australian. Uh huh. Actually, he's a Native American. His mom's Australian. <laughs> Wait, he's a Native American. It's like a. <laughs> oh God! He's I'm an American confused. citizen, but okay. his mom is a naturalized Australian. His sister lives in Australia, and he grew up a lar- a, a, a large part in Australia. So they had Vegemite laying around their house, and when I went to stay with them for one of the Paxes, okay. I got Vegemite fussed upon me. I don't get the fuss. I don't understand what the fuss is. Vegemite, Nutella, you know, it's like one of those, it's the Reddit thing where everyone fetishizes bacon. It's like, calm the yeah. fuck down. It's food, okay? Well, it, it's a regional thing. It, I Most people outside of Australia and New Zealand don't get it, right? Like, they're not fans of Vegemite. You can get it at Myers, Walmart, sure. or Jungle Gym. I mean, it's not... I mean, at this point in the game, everyone can get everyone's good shit. Yeah. So, again, I don't. I wouldn't eat a Vegemite sandwich. I wouldn't eat Vegemite on crackers. <laughs> I wouldn't eat a spoonful of it. Uh huh. It's not offensive. Okay. It's not something I'd seek out. So. All right. She also wants to know, uh, and I would do it too because I generally don't know the answer to this question. Okay. Jim, have you ever had a movie or TV show make you tear up, or do you really have a heart of stone? I have a heart of stone. Uh, no, there there are a few movies, actually, a few TV shows that have done it. 
surprisingly, this doesn't seem like a movie that should do this, but Big Fish oh, was shit. one that got to me. Because my sister said that if I see that, it'll destroy me. The relationship between Ewan and his father uh, got to me. And I, and I don't know what I saw in the father that made him kind of seem like my dad at the time. Hmm. But there was something about the performance that hmm. I just identified with. And yeah, that definitely got to me. It's funny because I consider your dad like a larger than life character. Uh-huh. This... I don't know what you'd call him. Crazy Sicilian dude. <laughs> um, but my my sister said the same thing about my grandfather, because my grandfather is fucking John Wayne. Sure. I've, I've met he's him. Not, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just, and even today, in his, he's in his uh, upper 80s, he's still got a grip like Vice Steel, and he's just this imposing, impressive, hilarious, accomplished guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, uh, it's on my shelf. But when she says something like this, watch this, it'll make you ball. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, going to save this up for a time when I'm already kind of bummed out. And maybe that's not the way to go into that. Yeah. But now, like- that you, now that you've cried, oh, my God, I'm scared shitless. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> You're going to commit suicide after seeing that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get some podcasts in the can before that happens. Good deal. Uh, Theodorus K says two characters from different shows you'd like to see bang. Oh For example, Jean Luc Picard and Lorelai Gilmore. Jesus Christ, he could be your grandfather. For shame. Uh, <laughs> you got any, Jim? Uh, man, this is a tough question. I pulled two randomly out of my ass, and I, I, they're nothing special. They're just like the first two people I thought of. Okay. Hit me. Uh, Raylan Givens. All right. And Seven of Nine. I think that would make an interesting bang. <laughs> Hair fully blown back. Right? <laughs> uh, I got a weird one for you. Okay. Saffron from Firefly yep, and yep. Joan from Mad Men. Oh, Jesus. It's a full-on Christina Hendricks girl bang. That's amazing. Uh, do you know the Schaefer the Dark Lord song, Revenge oh, of yeah. Attack of the oh, Return yeah. of the Clone mm-hmm. Fuckers? Mm-hmm. That's what that makes me think of. It's like two It's like two Christina and Hendrix sexy mirrors facing each other. I can't even imagine. I mean, yeah. Wow. Uh, I got in a couple more. Uh, Don Draper and Marjorie Tyrell. Oh, my God. Because someone should properly dick down that woman. Oh, my God. She got married to a gay dude. Then Joffrey, and now a 13-year-old boy, mm-hmm. bring on the pitch hitter to lay that wood. Can 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 she get a piece? This uh, is one of the sexiest, yeah. most sexual creatures on screen. She can't get a piece. She needs a piece. Sure. And uh, Deborah Ann Wool, who plays uh, vampire Jessica on True Blood, can bang anyone on any TV series ever, and I would watch. Okay. So those are my answers. Uh, Brian G. has double-dipping again. How much... So given how much great television out there, do you guys have a list of can't-miss movies that simply must be seen? Jim. Oh. Well, we've talked about this in recent podcasts. Godfather. If you haven't seen Godfather 1 and 2, maybe skip 3. I don't know. Uh, it's, I don't think I've ever seen it. Go watch those. Go watch those. Get uh, get a, Pour yourself a big glass, glass of, of scotch or, or red wine. Or wine. Yep. Uh, big plate of meatballs. No, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> and And watch those movies. They're three hours each, but they're well worth it. And I've never, ever uh, seen a person that said, eh, I don't get what the fuss is. Yeah. 
And if you are that person, don't don't write me, please. <laughs> I I don't want I want to keep that streak alive. Also, obviously, if you haven't seen the original Star Wars trilogy, boom, there you go. Uh, the Matrix is one that I think still holds up really well. The first one, sure. But I don't know for how much longer. So if you haven't seen The Matrix, go back and watch it soon. I have a blanket recommendation for anyone that asked me this question because I was in the same boat when I was in my early 20s. I hadn't seen anything. I was very uncultured. Sure. And AFI came out at the top 100 list of movies. Oh, yeah. And I started as much as I could with the Mr. Video down the street, started working my way through, and definitely it's like, you know, some some of it, it's like taking your medicine. Yeah. And if you want to make, if you want to be kind to yourself, skip anything that was on that list that's made before like 1940. <laughs> Because right. I think Citizen Kane is the cutoff list. Because Citizen Kane, yeah. is, that's one of the things, it's it's why it's like number one on almost everybody's list. You might not find it entertaining, but it's it was the birth of a lot of modern filmmaking techniques. And you'll see that. And I think mm-hmm. if you read, uh, another a good idea to do this is as you sit down and work your way through it, get Roger Ebert's greatest movies. And see what he has to say, because it's not enough to watch these. It's like, why are they important? Why do people like them? Because you're going to see like Citizen Kane and you might be bored. Yeah. But if you see like the this this cam these camera techniques that we take for granted now, this is he was, um, you know, one of the guys that was writing the language of cinema that we talk about. Yeah. Um, how to tell a story with purely visual selection and, and not just have it be like glorified theater um, and the performances. I, I recommend seeing all those and then, again, getting a good book like Roger Ebert's Greatest Movies or something similar to actually find out why it's so hard, highly regarded if you, if you don't. A lot of them you will just get. Like sure. um, Casablanca I thought was surprisingly accessible. And you just realize, like, Jesus Christ, so many pop culture references in this movie that are still <laughs> relevant. Uh-huh. Um, that you know you probably saw in cartoons and like scenes that you weren't even aware of, and you'll you'll start filling your knowledge. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely. And now that you got Blu-ray players, you can get like fantastic copies of. For I watched Lawrence of Arabia on VHS. There's mm-hmm. a five minute sequence where he's just this desert that I thought nothing. I thought that they were fucking with me, uh-huh. but it turns out that the <laughs> resolution was too terrible. What you're supposed to see oh. is the experience. Of a tiny speck uh-huh. on the horizon Coming that eventually resolves itself into a man, and it's this emotional payoff. But you don't get that on VHS because wow. you can't see it. Yeah. But on you get on Blu-ray, it's like holy shit. That's what the whole point of it was. I uh, yeah, I wouldn't even have guessed that. So anyway, that, uh, what that's about, my recommendation. I bet, I bet this movie is not on that AFI 100. Army of Darkness, classic. Sir, yeah, all the old Sam Raimi. Yeah. Bill Campbell movies. I even love Evil Dead 1 and 2, but I'm, Evil Dead I'm 1. weird. Arguably, Evil Dead 2 is better than Army of Darkness. Oh uh, mm, I don't know. Army of Darkness is much more quotable and Sir, it's more pop culture yeah. Sure. It's not as good a horror film. No. I and eh, well, eh, Evil, eh, Evil Dead 1 is probably the best of the horror Of films. the horror? Yeah, I would say so. All right. Should we move on to his second question? Let's do it. Uh, he wants a few short hypotheticals for our gut reaction. One, a one to three episode mini arc for Brian Cranston in the late last season of Mad Men. Do we want to see Brian Cranston on Mad Men? Mm, I, I'm a little worried that it might ruin my illusion with that show, but sure, bring him on. He's such a good actor. I'm sure he could pull it off. Val Kilmer as a lead in True Detective season? Question mark. What do you, What do you think about that one? I don't think the small screen can contain the size of his face. <laughs> 
in its present <laughs> construction. A, a bat cowl certainly can't anymore. <laughs> Brian Cranston slash John Hamm as True Detective lead duo. I'm all in on that idea. All right. Yes. Those guys can play whatever time period you need. They can have whatever reaction you need. I it's super intrigued by that idea. Mm-hmm. Arguably the two greatest stars currently in television. That yeah, I, that's got legs. Uh, Rob M said, "Are you guys ever going to co- are you guys going to cover Better Call Saul? Is this a serious fucking question? Hell yes. Day one. Yep. I don't even care if it sucks. We might only care cover one season, but yes, we're all in. Did you know?" The AMC, I guess, has picked has renewed it for a second season without the first season even being done. What? What? And they pushed the premiere to 2015. It's not coming out this year. Huh. I wonder why they did that. And I'm I'm digging that the uh Villigan is saying that he is not going to be bound by any kind of particular time period. He's gonna flash forward, he's gonna flash backwards, he might have stuff that's set during Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm loving the approach. Like, hey, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're everyone thinks this is gonna be terrible. We're gonna swing for defenses and fuck you guys. Yeah, I'm one of those people who never thought it was gonna be terrible. I was intrigued by it. I had no idea what form it would take, and I still don't. But I'm I'm super excited for it. Uh, Tristan S says, "I'd like to know what your first podcast together was," which is probably a common question, and it is. Mm-hmm. What what? What's our first podcast together? Blue Yonder. All right. Episode one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I did some podcasting way back in 2006, but Aaron just trolled us on the forums. He wasn't actually a part of that. <laughs> I did. I did. You did. Um, I, as a guise of being a fan, I was, I, it's kind of a cruel joke because uh-huh. I was pretending to be a fan that you guys didn't know. Uh-huh. And it's like a mystery every week. I was like, drop a little bit of detail, a little bit of detail until you finally smoked out. It was me. I don't think I ever caught on. Uh, so anyway, I thought uh, that was funny. But yeah, Blue Yonder, which is still... Can you actually get to that on Bald Move? You can, sure. Is it listed as a podcast? No. So, But so, but if you Google Blue Yonder, you could probably find it. You find Are 77 we, episodes of Why that don't shit? we have that listed on the site? Because it sounds terrible. We were it just is. figuring out all of our recording equipment. It was offensive sometimes. Sure. It was. Uh, it was kind of funny. I mean, a lot of the shit we did was funny. A lot of the shit we did was interesting, but the audio quality is so bad that we don't. Like, I almost went back because we recently referenced um, the Inception. Yeah, yeah. And I almost linked in the show notes the Inception podcast. I'm like, that's like Blue Yonder 23. Surely we had our shit together. Nope. It sounded like we were broadcasting from Satan's asshole. Yeah. With some echo and flange to boot. And it's just terrible. It's terrible. I still think some of the ideas are interesting, Uh but I can't recommend. You know, people no, no. listen to that. Uh, that's why we don't advertise it. We ought to have some kind of experimental section, though. Yeah, yeah. Where we can put shit like that in my Jersey Shore podcast. Okay. Bald move R&D. Bald move, well, I don't know if it's even, that's like, that's like progress, something that's going to be progressive. This is regressive. Well, we fixed our sound. Uh, you know, yeah. this from is... fifty on, we sounded pretty good. We still were idiots. Hey, but... it took those first fifty episodes to get our shit together. Yeah, I'm so glad we did that and got all that out of our system and got all that fine tuning before we actually did Breaking Good. Yeah, because that, then we were ready. We were ready for people to listen to us and not just scream. Yeah, that's that's another reason why we don't necessarily bring a lot of people into the network. 
is because they have to be established. And by the time they're established, I don't even know if they'd want to be a part of the network. Sure. Because um, it takes you a long time to find your feet when you're podcasting. Sure. Uh, Tristan S. continues. He said, what do you guys think about Louie? I don't know if it could sustain a podcast as it doesn't always follow a continuous story, but it's doing some cool things and has touched on some interesting points this season. Jim. Uh, I love Louie. I just... I finished season two, and now they're in, like, season four or something. Yep. Uh, I just haven't caught up with it with all the other TV I've been watching. But, yeah, it's a it's a great comedy slash drama. Slash Dramedy. observational therapy session. Yeah, yeah. I, I just love the approach. He does whatever the fuck he wants to do because he's Louie. And executes it to an extreme, and is like, hey, I'm going to take two years to do this season. Yeah. Because uh, I want to do it right. And they're like, okay. No, I really respect the hell out of him, and I. We've always said Louis on the cusp because comedies, and to a lesser extent, action, purely action shows, are impossible to cover because the comedies is like, yeah, yeah. Wasn't it funny when Ron Swanson did this? And with action, <laughs> it is, sure was. When action, it's like you know, wasn't it cool when Raylan Givens shot that one dude? Yeah, and it's like a little bit, you know, there's not a lot there there beyond just the obvious entertainment value. I felt really stupid that we didn't go ahead and do Louie this last season because mm-hmm. it went way off the script and oh, nice. did uh, a lot of interesting things, a lot of social type things that I would love to talk about. And just like, you know, was this good? Was it, did it make us uncomfortable? Why mm-hmm. do we agree with it? Cause this is the first time that I also didn't necessarily agree with everything he's putting on the screen. Huh? Okay. So definitely. And I also think that if we did that, we'd have to do it kind of like the way I'm doing orange and new black, because we need some, we, we would need some female voices and some other people that are not us to round this out. Cause otherwise we're just two idiots talking yeah. about, so we're basically Louie doing the same thing. Louie's doing. <laughs> sure. Uh, Erin P said, just listening to your 24 cast and laughing about the idea of Jack Bauer and Rick Grimes existing in the same universe. <laughs> Question, if you could do a crossover episode between any two TV shows, what would they be? X-Files and True Detective? Oh, shit. <laughs> well, Fuck, I think we I know what yours are. I forgot my answer. <laughs> Dumbass. Spoiler alert. Uh, which, what are your two? Uh, I, I've got a couple. Uh, mm. My first one is X-Files and True Detective. All right. How do you see that working? What, what's Poorly. the What's the swap here? What's the... Okay, so I think it'd be interesting because uh, I can't really say without spoiling True Detective. Oh, Okay. But it would be interesting to take Russ and Cole and put them in a supernatural, uh, more uh, a definitively supernatural series. It would okay. also be funny to do the reverse to Mulder and <laughs> and and Scully. Uh huh. Yeah. So, and I don't think either universe would have something that would necessarily freak out the the either one of those people too. It's not like you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Russ would just look at it and say. Yeah, well, yeah, it is yeah, the, what like, it is. The human, and the human fluke would not throw Russ Cole. No, not at all. <laughs> and, you know, a child torture ring would probably not unduly shake Boulder or Scully. No. So, anyway, uh, what's yours? Uh, I think it would be interesting to see a MacGyver and Walking Dead mashup. Because he could make some cool fucking weapons out of whatever's laying around. He's very resourceful. Uh he could do some awesome fortifications, I'm sure. I just think they would have a hell of a an easier time surviving in that world. We both would like MacGyver. to see more MacGyvering in, in The Walking Dead. Definitely. Yeah. That's one of the things that I enjoy about the idea of zombies is, you know, very little 
supplies are around and you have to make the best of what you've got. And MacGyver is fucking great at that. In his fictionalized uh, physics world. Uh, I've got two others. Okay. Uh, crossover Masters of Sex and Mad Men. They're even both in the same right. era. And, and uh, Joan Harris and Don Draper sign up for that study. And sexual okay. science is pioneered. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fargo and Justified. Specifically, I'd love to see Raylan Givens mm. pull over Lorne Malvo. Yeah, this is, we've talked about this yeah, on the yeah. Fargo cast. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Um, it would, but it would be a short series. I, yeah. <laughs> one way or another, right? Yep. MS said, I need to know, have you guys ever watched a show Supernatural? I know it doesn't compare in quality to all the other shows you watch, and it's pretty campy at times, but it's my guilty pleasure, and I'd love to see you podcast all the seasons, though I know you probably never will. Uh, I'm, I've, I, I, I got a big gap when it comes to, they call it the uh, Super Hulock, the Supernatural, Doctor Who, hmm. Sherlock Holmes axis. Of those three, I'm probably... I'm definitely going to watch Sherlock, especially now that I've seen that they're so short. They're like two or three episodes yeah, yeah. per season. There's almost nothing there. And it's supposed to be really, really good. I don't have any desire to see Supernatural, and I've never heard anyone really pitch me on why I would. Yeah. It seems like, oh, it's a bunch of weird Tumblr crap. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that. Hmm. I've I've never seen it. I had no plans to see it. Very little interest in that show. Okay. Uh, Josh D. Wilson said, what sincerely held religious beliefs does your closely held company plan to adopt? <laughs> hey, now, getting political. Do you have yep. any answer for this? Yeah, I want to adopt the one that does not believe in paying their employees. I think that <laughs> is the right of the company not to pay their employees. <laughs> and you'd start with me, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, I have a rule that I, I deeply held religious belief that all new shows have to come out on HBO. Okay. All Only right. if they fail on HBO can the likes of AMC, FX, and Fox get their grimy paws on it. Sign me up. Because there is no show that would not be instantly improved by being on HBO. And there are almost no shows that fail on HBO. That's because true. Because HBO doesn't let them or because they they just don't. But yeah. somehow there's almost never a canceled show on HBO. Way to go, Deadwood. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the exception. Uh, Dana Q said, what are your, some of your favorite TV comedies of all time and currently airing? Uh, I have three or four. Uh, Extras is a fantastic comedy from Ricky Gervais. It is one of those dramedies. He's he's very, very funny throughout the show, but also it has this these poignant moments of uh, human connection in them. Uh, and I, I like that. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is just a fucking hilarious show with horrible, horrible people in it. Uh, Archer is very, very funny, and Silicon Valley, which is a brand-new HBO show. Uh, I recommend all those except for the... the Actually, no, extras. I've seen a couple of those with you, and it is funny. Uh, also, of all time, uh, first one I can actually remember uh, laughing at is uh, Cheers. Oof, okay. Uh, uh, it's a blast from the past there. Yep, and then Perfect Strangers. <laughs> okay. I was a legit Perfect Strangers uh, TGIF on ABC fan. Yeah. Uh, currently, uh, and also Futurama, I don't even think that's on anymore. Mm. kind of came back, and I haven't seen all the Futurama there is, but I love Futurama. Love South Park. My current favorite, nah. the one that makes me feel the best about watching, is Parks and Recreation. Okay, that's a good show. Love the shit out of that show. Ryan M. says, do you guys know what shows you might cover this fall? What are your feelings? Oh, wait, let's do that one first. Yeah, I think we do. We're talking about covering Boardwalk Empire. I think that's a lock. For sure. 
And, Unless we're dead. That's the only thing that can stop us. <laughs> and Homeland. Homeland, for sure. I'm um, not sure if anything else is coming down the pike, but those are the two for definite sures. I mean, if you count Walking Dead, obviously well, we're, it's returning. we're it's doing that, yeah. So uh, then he also wants to know, what are your feelings on the various superhero shows out now and debuting soon? Meh. I'm I'm Jones about Gotham. Meh. I, I'm just not a superhero guy, really. You really aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I do want to go back and see at least season two of Arrow because I heard it got quite good. Huh. Okay. But I don't know. It's quite, is it quite good by CW standards? I, I'm always scared that it is, yeah. Uh, I am, but Gotham looks really cool. And the closer we get, the more I'm, I'm excited for it. So, uh, in fact, now nah, I'm going to keep it to myself. I was going to say, I, was about to, <laughs> I saw about teasing something, but I'm not sure if it's a real, if it's a real deal. So Okay. Andy S. said, hey, guys, right now subscribe to my eight podcasts at Bald Move Umbrella. Whoa. Any thoughts on creating a master feed that has all the productions contained within? Uh, so that's partially there. It's not advertised anywhere. Uh, this is something we've been working on I for the last few weeks. Baldmove.com slash feed slash podcast maybe is the URL, but I'm not certain about that. Uh, and there are only like t- the latest 20 episodes or so it's in gonna there. It's going to take a while to yeah. fit the back catalog in there. But it, yeah, dude, it's it's old for us too. Like you can imagine, I I subscribe to everything for quality control purposes, if nothing else, and it's like a lot. So I definitely want to ditch that and get to the bald move channel. We're yeah, working we, on. We will fix it. It's just going to be for now. It's just going to be the TV stuff, right? We're not going to throw because we're thinking about doing the Grantland thing where we have the TV stuff, which is all what me and you do. And then have like the culture section, which is the rest. But we need to talk to the other people, see how they feel about that. Yeah, that's the super important part. It's going to be up to our other hosts to include themselves in that feed. Mm-hmm. So, like, because they post all their own stuff, we don't touch that. They don't send us files and we upload nope. them and all that stuff. They do everything uh, on their end. So, in order to be included in that feed, they'd also have to put it into that feed. So, it's on them at this point, and I'll I'm definitely going to let them know once that's up and running. Ben from Australia said, hey, just want to ask you guys what you thought about Lost. I'm sure you've seen at least a little bit of it, maybe all of it, and I'd really like to know what you thought of it. As someone who recently binged the entire series, I liked it, but I imagine live watching would have been horrible. Jim, you're huh. the Lost Lost fan. I completely disagree that live watching was horrible. I think live watching is the only thing that made that show tolerable for me because I've gone back and I've binged it, and obviously not the whole thing, but like half a season or so. I... I did not like it. And maybe it was because hmm. it's just too old of a show now. I mean, when did that come out? That 2006? No, it had to be before Season that. one. Yeah, it's a seven-season like show, 2000, and it's been off the air for three 2002, years 2003. at least. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's showing its age, and it's, like, hyper-dramatic and just... Uh, I don't know. It was a great ride for me because I was participating in all the forums and stuff and theorizing, like... There's a lot of stuff in there where you look at it and it could mean so many different things. And in the in the week between shows, people are discussing it on the forums feverishly. Uh, and that was a super fun part for me. The ending was really predicted from the beginning by many, many people. So it was kind of unsatisfying in that regard. Uh, and I just think it was a generally unsatisfying ending as well. Greg D says, any chance covering the early season of Walking Dead, Breaking Bad, Mad Men? Uh, we have complete coverage of Walking Dead. Yeah. It's the funny, the only show. No, no, not the only show. We also got like Fargo and a couple of the others that we just started up. Yeah. The, fo- I mean, the, the leftovers, leftovers. Sure. The leftover following. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yes. In fact, we are just about ready to kick off a Breaking Bad rewatch over the summer, and we're going to cover the first season. Yeah. Um, is that maybe the first episode coming out next week? I don't know. It depends on if we want anything in the can. Uh, oh, that's we'll, true. We were going to we'll, get a couple, so because we're trying to time shift. This is the one chance we got to time shift stuff. So yeah. definitely before, can, can we say before uh, August? No. No, we can't? Not not if if we if we just want to release day oh, and date right. with these things because I'm going to yeah, be yeah, gone you're right, for a week. You're right. uh, probably mid August. Okay, mid August. We'll, right. we'll have a we'll, we'll start out and we're going to do book club style where we announce you know the week before that we're going to be watching this thre- this show. You can watch along with us, send in your feedback. We'll do it just like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll do the cast proper, just like we're watching for the first time. We'll have a spoiler section where we can talk about any insights or things we've gleaned as seeing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And uh should be fun. Uh, we'll see if it's successful. And honestly, if that's successful, that's probably going to tell us a lot about whether we go back and do... Uh, I would definitely like to do Mad Men. I'd like to, yeah. Uh, it chaps my ass that I don't have complete coverage of Game of Thrones because I already did all those podcasts. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to go through and do the alterations necessary to get the Night's Watch back in or if I just want to re-record them. I don't know, but definitely Mad Men and Breaking Bad are the ones I think about as having glaring omissions, not having full casts in the archive. Uh, what about going back and do older shows for, like, example, Star Trek cast? Well, you're talking about doing The Wire. Um, I suppose that's an older show now. You know, the other interesting thing about this is the concept of, like, what if the golden tele- age of television ends or if it starts to, you know, slow down? Mm-hmm. I wonder if we could keep this thing going by covering some of the stuff that we haven't ever covered or whether it would just collapse under the weight of all of its crap. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't Cross know. Cross that bridge when we get there. Um, Nick B says, I realize you guys probably cast 24-7, but I'm sure everyone loves the occasional movie. Would you ever reconsider letting or consider letting subbable subscribers have a vote? Maybe each vote costs a dollar and you list four random movies. A couple of in theaters, one in Netflix, and then one maybe a classic, like Princess Bride, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. People vote, and you release it once it reaches two hundred fifty dollars. I'm hmm. not the type to use my subable points for T-shirts, and this could be a fun way for subscribers to have a voice in the content and create a reason for visiting the site. Holy shit, that's a good idea. So that solves the pooling your money problem, right? Yeah. So it's it's a reward level. So once enough people chip into the two fifty, but the only thing I, the only thing I've got a problem with is if it's currently on television theaters, it doesn't seem like that would ever accreate fast enough. Maybe I'm vastly underestimating how much people are willing mm. to chip in for that. Mm. The classic stuff that work well for, we could just post yeah. like reward levels that, you know, this is a share. This is you casting a vote for this movie. And we have like 10 listed. Yeah. And when one of them gets, we do that and we take it down <laughs> and put another one. They're all Rocky and Rambo movies. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky one through six, Rambo one through four. <laughs> Um, that's a hell of an idea. We are going to put our heads together and see what we can do about that. And if you got some ideas on how to make that happen, because we could we could do a vote amongst subable subscribers to get it started, like the top ten, and then we use that to keep putting the top ten on the board, and mm-hmm. then people can vote with their dollars. I, that that's a pretty hot idea. Sure. Uh, has podcasting ever gotten us in trouble with friends, family, or coworkers saying something inappropriate, unflattering, etc.? Not me. How nope. about you? I mean, I don't usually say things to people that I wouldn't say their face. And the times I've done that, I 
don't try not to do anymore. Like last year, I really didn't like how I was talking about children on television shows. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, if I wouldn't say that to a little girl in front of her face, I shouldn't say it on the cast and I'm not going to do that anymore. But otherwise, if I think I Vince Gilligan did a terrible episode, I would be comfortable saying that to his face mm-hmm. because you know, Hey, <laughs> what the hell? It's truth to power, whatever. All right. Scott Gimple, yeah, I'm I'm ready for you. Come Look on. me up. Come at me, bro. <laughs> uh who is to blame for the orange and the new cast fiasco? Has this hurt the Paul Move brand? <laughs> uh I'll take full blame for that. It is uh one of our more popular shows in 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 the recent memory. So take that, Nick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so suck on it, listener. <laughs> it's easily as popular as Fargo at this point. And that was a very successful <laughs> rookie season. So, again, suck it. Uh, are you 50-50 partners? Yes, we are. Jim thinks we are, but actually I slipped in a, fi- a 51-49 poison pill at the last minute. I don't know how. I've read the contract. No, we actually um, – we'll save that for the, par- uh, the, the next question. Uh, Dominic P says, started a podcast with a buddy of mine that's totally unrelated to what you do, but I would maybe like to hear a little bit more about your story. Histories made, lessons learned, etc. I feel like every successful podcast has its own model, and you guys have a great one. So while I don't expect to copy and paste, maybe you could help other future and fledgling podcasters fill in some blanks as we progress in our own journey. Hmm. I will say that anyone that's asked us questions about the in- industry in Q and A threads or otherwise, I would love. I would say that we have answered everything as honestly and to the best of our ability, mm-hmm. whether they're competitors or whether they're just getting their start. Because why not, you know, pay it forward. Um, I don't see this as a lot of competition. I see it more as a collaboration and us all improving and and, and doing things better. So I don't mind. I don't mind talking about this stuff at all. Um, What's your thoughts? Uh, About mistakes we made and lessons we learned. Or, yeah. yeah. Or just about podcasting in general. Any, Any or all. I think Dominic would be interested in any of it. Okay. I mean, if you're starting a podcast with a buddy of yours, first of all, I would make sure you guys are on the same page as far as workload goes, uh, because that can be a very, uh, a very uh, tough issue to deal with if there's a conflict of interest there. Especially if you get successful later on. Yeah. And one of you has a resentment building up level of work imbalance. Sure. And I think... You know, we've got that stuff kind of all sorted out on our end. We mm-hmm. like, like you said, we have stuff that each of us is able to do uh, as well or better than the other person, and so we we kind of trade off on those things. But th- that's super important. The other one thing, and I know we've said this many times in the past, but I'll say it again here because it's super important, is to be consistent. If you are not consistent with your podcast, people will stop listening. Yep. Number one mistake I see people do, too. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I'm too tired tonight. I had audio problems. Yeah. It's, it's not feeling you, it. Yeah. If you're if you're too tired that one night to do your podcast, it, you're not doing your podcast right. <laughs> because your listeners are going to care about your podcast about one-tenth though you care about it. And sure. if you don't care about it enough to consistently get it out and put it out there and produce it at some sort of pr- – and I think the bare – the bare minimum level for considering yourself a professional is – is keeping a schedule. Sure. Yeah. That, well, that's bare minimum. It definitely. And if you can't keep a weekly schedule, then, then do a monthly one. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so, and, and do it like a week or two ahead of time and get it out there. And then if you can handle more as you get better, then do biweekly. But don't try to do like it's going to be every Wednesday and then, oh, shit. I, I mean, if you're sick, yeah. your listeners don't give a shit. If you your Internet's not working, your listeners don't give a shit. All they know is they showed up uh, to get their, their fix mm-hmm. and you couldn't provide so they're going to be looking elsewhere. And that was one of the things we said when we started this. Specifically, you said this. If we can't produce a podcast once a week, every week, I'm out. I'm done. And I actually think I said, I don't care what the schedule is. Yeah. We need to keep it. Sure. So I think and that... And we went ambitious and we went once a week. And sometimes that was hard. We have three podcasts in the Blue Yonder lineup that are one-man podcasts between yep. a, a rotating three-man yep. podcast. So... Keep that in mind. There will be times where you and your buddy don't want to do a podcast. You got to do it. And there's – that's the other thing is we've never missed a deadline. There's been – the first time I've actually thought that was a bad decision happened this year where we kept the release schedule even though it's kind of a terrible podcast. Um, but still I would never not do it because that psychological edge of that we have to do a podcast I think yeah. is key to us – being successful because at the end of the day we both feel very strongly about that idea that hey come hell or high water yeah neither one of us is going to blink when it's like do we not want to do this no <laughs> well we don't but it's got to happen we've re-recorded podcasts uh-huh we've been up three o'clock in the morning when we got to get up and go to work at seven o'clock the next day yep. we've driven <laughs> 20 miles to a fucking steak and shake to upload it when the internet crapped out in the middle of our posting yep <laughs> and it's not the brag it's just to show that we give a shit yeah and and, when, and, and it's part of our success certainly yes I mean, that's a big part of it i think is just being consistent another lesson that i've learned is you don't actually have to be that good when you start and you're probably not going to be that good you need to just produce content because you got to get reps you got to figure it out yes it's and, like uh, jake says on adventure time the first step to being sort of good at something is to suck at something absolutely and we have a whole archive of sure. Blue Yonder to test testimony to that. Um, I also say, you know, since this is a buddy of yours and you guys presumably are just starting out, is to go see a lawyer and draft up some documents about start a company. That might be premature for a guy who hasn't put out a single podcast, right? Okay. Be buddies, create 20, 25 podcasts, do it for half a year. See where you are. See if you want to continue doing it. And then if you do, form your company and make sure there are rules in place. Okay. If you don't want to see a lawyer, at least get things in writing. Because the way you stay friends in business is you write out and say, you know, this whole workload, that shouldn't be verbal. Like, I'm doing this. You're doing that. This is our schedule. And just write. Because there can be, if you write it down and everyone agrees to it, you know, maybe it doesn't hold up in court, but... You know, we're not talking about holding up in court. We're talking about preserving friendships and stuff. And I'm sad to say this podcast has impacted some of my friendships. Hmm. Um, And some of them have survived afterwards. uh, And some of them have not. You know, some of them have been damaged and kind of gone on. And some of them gone away. But um, I can't stress enough that the people that you're working with, anytime you're doing a joint collaborative, you should have at least – your schedule and what kind of license and is this a creative commons thing? Is this something you want to make money off someday? You need to have that stuff because you get down the line and one of you changes your mind or has a difference of opinion. Mm -hmm. It's going to suck to resolve that out later. 
Much more than if you would have resolved it at the beginning. Yeah. Certainly. And it might, you know, that's the other thing is if you guys can't agree to something and get it in writing, red flag for <laughs> being, you know, because if you can't agree when everything's yeah. kind of rosy and hunky-dory and things are uncomfortable and, oh, I don't want to do this, eh, I don't know, man. That's that's a That's a flashing red danger sign for me. I'm with you. Uh, any, uh, the other, th- other thing I think you can say is just listen to the people that listen to you. Um, yeah, t- to a point. I mean, some people will like <laughs> clamor for the, the wire podcast and you're like, well, God, that would interfere with everything else I'm doing. I just can't. <laughs> no, but I mean, like if you got 10 fans, one of them saying something is important. If you have a hundred fans, 10 of them saying something is important. Yeah, if yeah. you're, if you're hearing, you know, uh, that something's really, really good then keep doing it. If you're hearing something that's super annoying, then mm-hmm. stop doing it. Even though. To the very end, we kept that rap song in Game of Thrones. <laughs> but a lot, as this, at least as many people said they they liked it as not. Okay, and I'm still that's something I'm pissed about. I, I <laughs> it's a personal failure. I should have gotten that switch, and I did not. <laughs> if nothing else, because we don't. We, next year, by God, we yeah, will. Have next new year, theme. we'll have new new music for Game of Thrones. Anything else? No, I think that's it. That's enough. If you have any specific questions, you can send them in to TV at baldmove Because that's it. We're done. This is the yeah. marathon. Marathon Q and A podcast. Two hours of Q and A, more than you. That's th- that's that's possibly a whole, expected or even wanted. <laughs> a whole week of commute that you can just lay back and hear two guys talking about whatever. Awesome. <laughs> are, are you going to take us out? I've already pimped. I've already given the outro. Oh, all right. I did that. I did the pre-pimping this time. Uh, like Aaron said before, we're rolling over those millions quickly now, so we will be back. At some point, with I wish Q&A. I wish we could load them on a pallet so I could roll on them Huel style. <laughs> You'd have to spray them for silverfish, though. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back at some point with another one of these. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Thanks for listening.